And we're live. Bernard, before we started, before I hit record, should I say, I was saying, as I always do to all guests, you know, what we talk about. And I said, should we talk about the business? Because the line of business that you're in, we can go from di- we can go off in different tangents and discuss God knows what, which is the nature of these conversations. But you said something on, along the lines of, oh, I don't know, I'm terrible about explaining what it is that I do. And I was like, how the fuck could you be terrible at explaining what it is that you do? And then I said, no, hang on a second. We'll save it for the podcast. So how can you be terrible at explaining <laughs> what you do, Bernard? <laughs> well, you just... Because I, I just am. I really... I, I, I find it very difficult to maybe separate myself from, from what other people do. You know what I mean? I, in my head, I'm very different to what, say, other people in the industry do, how I deal with people and how I set out, say, group sessions and stuff like that. But... To, to physically say it or what is it to explain it like when I was talking to you inside about it it probably took me about you know in my head about 10 hours to get out exactly what I do you know and when, you know once we speak about it and once I get it out it's it's fairly clear but you, people talk about an elevator pitch for example Jesus I wouldn't have them <laughs> I wouldn't be able to in three sentences break down exactly what I do and, and that's something I need to work on I suppose to really you know, hone in exactly what I do. You know, that's yeah. if you understand what I mean. By oh that. no, of course, one hundred percent. And I, it's funny because I'm in a weird position because not only do, have I done a bit of personal training with you at mm. one stage, and I know you personally and have done for a long time. I know we're you know we're not fucking best friends, right? But we know each other twenty odd years. Yeah. Um, and I've also heard from other people who train with you, and I've heard of other personal trainers I've heard other personal trainers talk about you in a personal training context so I am in a unique enough position to know actually quite well that what you do is unique but it's obviously problematic that you don't yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is like I suppose from if you look at it from a business perspective yeah because a perfect example of this is is uh I went home the other day and I was talking to Aoife, um, that's my wife for anyone who doesn't know, um, about a session that we did and, and you know, it was a good one or whatever and it's one we're doing virtually at the minute and this is what we were planning on doing. She goes, fuck, that sounds exactly like what I want to do. Like, why don't, why don't you, why don't I know this? You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. It's, if, if my wife doesn't know what I do, how <laughs> the fuck are like, you know, hundreds of other people supposed to know exactly what I do? And I, just, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a struggle to get the message across exactly what I do and, you know, how I structure plans and stuff like that. But yeah, that's a prime example of, you know, if, if the person I live with <laughs> doesn't know what I do uh, or doesn't know the style of class, for example, that I was doing on the evening, exactly what it entails, you know, uh, how how is somebody else supposed to know? And it, it definitely got me thinking about how I'm going to get that message across and how I can serve people better, I suppose, as it would in the industry, I suppose. Well, you see, you're a victim of your own success to a certain degree. Like, just thinking out loud, I think the reason that you're struggling to nail what it is that you do down is because it's not a one size fits all so when you were explaining to me in there what it is that you do you were talking to me do you you know that kind of way yeah so you know why you have a certain background in athleticism or sport or fitness or health or whatever way you want to phrase it so you're you're tailoring what it is that you do to me so you almost have to make up what you do depending on who you're talking to um uh, to, maybe to an extent, but not. I don't think you have to. You know, like I was saying to you, like there's a general people generally fit a certain unless they're way outside with injuries or that kind of stuff. But, you with know, two but, arms, two legs, 
there's a yeah, limit. There is an, an element of, you know, uh, I don't like to say one size fits all, but that you can you can put a plan together that will work. You know what I mean? But then there might be so, for example. When I'm when when we do sessions or if I'm in a group situation and one on one it's very specific you know like I can identify exactly what an issue is and and we can work from there or whatever but in a group setting you know I would say that I would be very clued into the people that I'm coaching you know like I personally know everybody's names that's currently on in our in the gym when we're in physically and and zoom wise um, I know everybody and I could probably tell you if you gave me a name what where their limitation would be so I kind of get to know people quite well. And what they need to do. So, say a session is laid out, you know, it's reverse lunge with a knee drive with a few specifics or whatever to work on balance. If I know Frano, for example, you know, has an issue with their knee, I'm not going to get Frano to do that specific exercise. There might be a modification to it. And that, you know, that's what makes it quite specific, I think, in a group situation that we would modify for people around it. If that makes sense. Oh no, it does absolutely. Like I say, just at the start, you were talking there. Like there has to be an element, at least, and I stress, element of one size fits all because yeah. we all have two legs and two yeah, arms yeah. and uh, hamstrings and quads yeah. and glutes yeah. and, and all the rest of it. But and I know from training with other people, like I'm blessed with good genetics for a squat. Say, like yeah. I can get, I can just if you ask me to yeah, squat, can, I can I've, touch me fucking arse off the ground. We worked together before, yeah, and a, and a project I was doing in for college. Exactly. <laughs> so that's just something that I happen to have. But even though somebody else, like you could line up a hundred people and this, they have the same hamstring, or not the same, but they have hamstrings and yeah. glutes and quads and but all the rest have, of it. They and have Achilles some limiting and, factor somewhere. Exactly. And yeah. I suppose a, a selling point for yourself is you're at this long enough and you're educated in it long enough and you have an interest in it long enough to be able to see mm. where people's limitations are. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a crucial part of it because there's no point in giving somebody an exercise that they could do way more of or way yeah, heavier or, on. Or, or like, yeah, well like, do you know, if somebody's using a squat, for example, if, if somebody doesn't have the mobility to, to work a squat, you're going to either help them gain the mobility in it, but if it's a structural issue or something that's going to totally ham- hamper it, what's the point in doing the squat? Yes. You know, you may as well do a split squat or something that takes the stress out of the hips, for example, to move on, like to, to do an exercise. Like why, you know, unless there's a specific need, I would say, for somebody to squat. Like, so say if somebody wanted to be an Olympic lifter, they're going to want to need to squat. You know what I mean? But if somebody is just generally wants to train and wants to get better at something or, you know, are, are runners or cyclists or that kind of stuff, they don't need to do a squat. Yeah, yes. they don't specifically need to do it. Yeah, it'd be great if we help them work on their hip mobility, you know, to eventually get into a squat position comfortably f- for whatever reason. But you don't need to load them in that position. They can they can be loaded in other positions to help them develop their their stability, their strength, you know, their explosiveness and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, training training so, these days has to be not has to be, but it it is it's sport specific. Like yeah, yeah, and I'd say that's that's kind of where um, where where I am or where the gym is you know we've been more focused along that line but that's not to say that you know somebody can't come in and, and work away with a plan that we have you know you don't have to be involved in sport just to train like you of course yeah you know? um, but yeah I'd say that's you know for me anyway I'd say um, identifying somebody's weakness or imbalance would probably be my my strength I suppose yeah and where we differentiate with other people and what they do Yes. You know, it's not just come in and we'll throw you through something and, and walk out. The, what we do would be quite specific to developing something specific. Of course, as yeah. As opposed to just, ah, <laughs> random stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Reasons. It's funny, though, because 
on one hand, your job, like when you said that you, you're, you're, you're not great in your own words, let's say, or your own interpretation, you're not great at explaining what it is that you do. Your business isn't about explaining what it is that you do. But it's an integral part. Integral part. It's an integral mm. part of you know getting people in the door and growing yeah. your business and, and moving it forward. Yeah, like it's a bit like me, and I've, I've mentioned it before on previous episodes. Like I'm the electrician and the plumber and the carpenter and all these different things. Not so much the marketer because it's just a different business model. Like you have potentially thousands of customers here on your doorstep. I have you know four or five mm. nationwide. Yeah. So a phone call, five phone calls, and I've completely saturated the market do you know like kind of way as yeah. opposed to you and other businesses like you that have to drum the marketing drum I suppose yeah well like it is very like there's a lot there is a lot of people and now with with Covid uh, um, you know and rightly so everybody is moving online but within that within that sphere as well you have a lot of people who uh, like they're they're just I don't, I don't. I don't want to sound like a fucking arsehole, like, but you know, who might not have the same background, maybe, or you know, they're into it because now that's you know online fitness. You know what I mean? And they're very good marketers, but it doesn't mean that they're, you know, what the content they're giving out is good. But they're very good at marketing a content, you know, and. I, I suppose trying to get above that, rise above the noise, maybe is probably you know what I need to get better at. You know, because you could have somebody out there who's, you know, just jumping into this because that's where the money is now. You know what I mean? They're saying, this is a program for runners and da-da-da-da-da. But if I look at it, I go, jeez, that's not great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, why is that for runners? It's, it's X, Y, and Z, whereas I could put something better together. But I struggle to rise above that noise, if that makes sense, and get my message out there, if oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, of course. And look, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the same problem that... I'm just thinking out loud here again, like the the cafe opposite McDonald's in Navan offers mm-hmm. food just like McDonald's does. It's probably healthier, probably grown more locally, employs local people, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's probably an all-round better choice. Yeah. But it's empty and McDonald's is wedged, even though it's selling shitty food and doing things wrong, but they've got their marketing nailed down. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. They, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, know, like, do you see the analogy I'm yeah, trying to draw? Yeah, like? absolutely, yeah. And and that's that's a massive part of, I was saying, as I find other businesses. I, I love talk, I love looking at other businesses and, and talking about other businesses and spe- specifically people who are successful and, and how they got around it. But, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. You could have two completely identical cafes, but one, you know, just gets their message across better. And does better out of it. Like you use McDonald's and 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 a cafe. I would put them in two different categories, maybe. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe not. Like M- McDonald's is a very specific type of food. If you want to eat that, you would just go and get that. If I wanted to go out and eat, if I wanted shit food, I would. I wouldn't go to that cafe across the road from McDonald's. I would know on the outset that I wanted to go to McDonald's. If that yes. made sense. Whereas if there was two cafes beside each other. And one was full and one was empty. Which one are you going to go to? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the, you fu- know, the fuller the two. For no reason, it could be terrible. Yes, it, it could really could be. And there's examples that I won't raise them here, but uh, you know, I see it all the time, like where marketing really, really pulls in, you know, business. Yeah. And uh, I've been to places where I'm like, this is the shittest cup of coffee I've ever had. <laughs> like, it's it's terrible. Was and, it a Starbucks? Uh, I, I don't like <laughs> I don't Starbucks. like Starbucks I coffee. hate it. I, it's not nice. It's not it's good. Not it's nice. not, it's not, it's not, not nice a nice coffee. standard. I don't like it. 
the, like I don't like it but Starbucks is a good example I just won't buy coffee there and that's mm. that's how I would you know defeat the man maybe I don't know like it's just, I won't go to Starbucks if somebody says they're going to Starbucks fire ahead I'm not going there because I'm not paying for it because I disagree with the the quality that's there yeah. I don't like it you know so I won't I won't buy it but there are there are other places where you know just like this is terrible but why is everyone going there and it's all about the marketing it's all about the, the photo with the you know the photo with the cup and you know I'm here to click blah blah blah, blah. And, and they've but they have built that marketing profile you know what I mean they've sold poor quality stuff out of having a great marketing you know uh, plan or plan. whatever it is yeah yeah you know and it just shows that quality isn't always backed up by you know Marketing, I don't... Know. Well, no, I think I know what you mean. Like, quality marketing doesn't equate no. to a quality service. No, exactly, yeah. And exactly. Quite, the, quite the contrary. Do you know what kind of way? If you're, yeah. if you're spending all the money under the sun on promoting your product, how good is your product? Yeah. Do you know what kind of way? Yeah, but, but there is obviously... And it's the exception The exception that, where you, you can get it. But yeah, like, you, you know, and you're there going, but that place is packed and it's crap. And that place sells excellent quality and it's empty. But they just don't have the same flair, maybe. Yeah, yeah no, it just no, doesn't look like it's it's a flare. You know what I mean? And that's the that's the difference. Funnily enough, I suppose. Um Oh my parents, it's a funny one actually. My parents whether you know it or not, we, we had a restaurant from God, I was in junior sort of year. Two thousand maybe? I don't know, until what year it closed or whatever, but like that is an excellent excellent cook. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone who ate there thought it was very good food that I'm aware of. <laughs> but uh you know, looking back on it now, if you took a, a bird's eye view of it, you'd look back and say, just setting wasn't right. You know what I mean? It just, it, it didn't, you know, when you look at places, you say like, geez, you know, it's sitting there and it looks, it's really homely and you There's know, and an really enjoy it. And, you know, maybe the layout of how the food was, you know, was not flary enough to, you know, for people. And it, it wasn't busy and unfortunately, you know, it wasn't a success, you know, but the food was very good. Everything was always homemade. Everything, like, I mean, from start to finish, everything was prepared from scratch. You know, very, I'd say there was one, maybe a chocolate gato was the only thing that was ever bought in. Yeah, yeah. Everything else was like, we used to buy chickens in and they'd be cut up like, so you'd have, you'd have the wings, the drumsticks, the breasts, all separated. The, the carcass would go in to make stock for the soup. You know, that's that's the way it was worked, you know, but it just wasn't successful because marketing is not... It's not my strong point. It's not my dad's strong point, you know? Um, yeah, and it's just, it comes back to that whole thing of, you know, a, a strong marketing platform can can do a lot for your business. Oh, no, without a doubt. It's one thing that I've harped on about before in the solos. And it's that once you get your business to a particular stage, you become a, you become a marketing company. So yeah. for, for me, once I was able to produce, like I had sales, let's say, just to keep the numbers simple, if I had sales of a thousand boxes a week, okay, yeah. And I had the capacity to produce 5,000 boxes a week. Yeah. That essentially means that my business is now a marketing company. Because I have yes. the production, the yep. production capacity, has, that, that problem has been solved. Yes, yeah. We can do five times. With scaling your your process or your... your Exactly. So I I had scaled my processes and now I had the capacity to, at the fucking click of my fingers, produce 5,000 boxes a week. And it's the same with you. So you have, let's say you have, and again, I'm just plucking numbers out of the sky to make it simple. You have five regular paying members, but you have the capacity to have 50. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, you have to shift to become a marketing company. Yeah. 
And it's the same if you're a, a brewery or you're making tables yeah. and chairs. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Once you're once the production end of things yeah. is sorted, you become a marketer. Yeah, absolutely. And I would always say, like, you know, to me, at the time, setting up my own business didn't take much thought. To some people, it's like, right, okay, we need to do da-da-da. You know, like, they might, they might get bogged down with even starting a business. But I think it's very easy to start a business. But scaling the business is is something completely different. Yes. You know, you can, you can do well for yourself at a certain level, but you're going to end up working every hour under the sun. Oh, yeah. You know, and then, you know, as you get older, you're like, just like, you know, am I going to continue to work? So if you're younger, you know, you're working all the hours, you're making, you know, you're going to make good money at it if you're going to put the hours in for sure and you can get the, the numbers in. But it's not going to be a long-term thing. So then your, your mindset changed from, you know, making what's an okay wage at, you know, 25 or whatever to how am I going to do this long-term? And that's when it all, ha- in my opinion, that's when it all has to change. You know what I mean, 36, 35, 36, whatever it is. You know what I mean? In, in 10 years' time, realistically, you don't want to be standing on the floor doing exactly the same thing. If you are, you haven't really moved on. You know, if if I'm working in the same place, you know, with the same numbers and all that kind of stuff. So it does, you're right. You have to get into that marketing message and, and grow your business, you know, to make it successful for one, but also so you can step away from it and not be working 40, 50 hours a week for, you know, for what, like? No, absolutely, you know. and and concentrate your, the, whatever time you are going to be working on in, you know, developing your staff or yeah. looking at new angles for the yeah, business exactly. or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So for you now, if you don't want to be doing what, if you don't want to be doing exactly what you're doing now in 10 years, do you have any kind of visualisation of what you in 10 years would look like if everything went according to plan? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> Have you been listening to my conversations? Myself and Eva only had this conversation two days ago. No yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't go very far. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I can tell you that I really do enjoy my job. I really, really do. Like, I love working with people and I love to see them progress. You know what I mean? To Whether that's, you know, a, a plan for their for an ultra race or a plan for an adventure race or if it's a a strength program, I really love to see that. I do like working with people, but it's not realistic to say that you can do it to the same, you know, that you would want to be working the same amount of hours with the same people in ten years' time. You know, like one, if you want to go from a business perspective, if I'm still working all the hours in the world, you're going to have one no time with your family. Two, you know. Uh, I can't think of a second one. <laughs> but no, even yeah, that, you know what I mean. That, but that, that in itself, it's in, in that itself, itself, you don't want it. Like personally, I want to spend time at home. And I'll be honest, like this this current lockdown, we've had you know our third child, and and to be able to go home and spend time with them has been really good. You yeah. know, and it does give you the perspective of like you know I don't want to you know possibly go back to working all the hours all the time, gone in the morning you know, gone in the evening and, and not have that time with them, you know. So in 10 years' time, I kind of want to be out of that. You know, I'd love to be in a position where, you know, the staff in the gym, and yes, we spoke about it inside, you know, but I think a lot of people might come to the gym because they know me and they know, you know, they know what I do, I suppose, you know, and, and I was saying that the gym is ultimate conditioning, but I think if you ask most people, they'd say, I'll go to Bernard, you know, and you want to step away from you know, I go to Bernard, you, you go to the ultimate conditioning or whatever I end up calling it. I've gone through this a million times. But, you know, that I can I can work with staff and train them to what I know, 
you know, so that that my message still goes through them and into clients on the far side. So I'm not directly working with them, but my my message or my uh, how I train people and how I work with them and how I identify issues is 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 brought down through staff and then back onto the people who who want to work in the gym. If yeah, that the, makes the, sense. They, oh no, it does makes perfect sense. They have they share your ethos basically. Yeah. Yeah. They're at least at least while they're there working for you, they adopt your ethos. Yeah. They mightn't agree with it, I'd say, but it's certainly they have to adopt it. It's their job to adopt your ethos. That's yeah. what you're employing them to but do. But I think I think if, if if a staff member doesn't adopt your ethos and don't doesn't like it, they're probably not a staff member for you. Oh, very much so. Yeah, of course, hundred percent. So you again, it comes down to the messaging and and you know when you're looking for somebody that they do, you know the way you train people is you know. Is, is how they would like to learn and how they would like to train people as well, you know. So I suppose the other element of it would be in 10 years' time is that, you know, it's not just, and this phrase comes up a million times now, that a bricks-and-mortar building or bricks-and-mortar business, you know, that there's more to it. And I would do a lot of that now at the minute, um, online coaching people. So getting them ready for their ultras or, you know, long distance tends to be, um, when I'm coaching for people at the minute but you know there's there's different elements to the business and not just a physical entity to the place yeah, so yeah no, be, absolutely and it's, element of it. it's funny because I would imagine the people that you're training online at the minute are relatively local um, there are a few yeah but then there are there was one in Tipperary and how um, did that come about how yeah uh, I suppose they I, I know people from racing myself and then um, they would see examples of other people's training through social media, which is another thing I'm terrible at that I need to improve at. <laughs> <laughs> You're better at it than me. You Instagram the shit out of this well, fucking yeah, that was podcast. One post in, one post in uh, <laughs> whenever. <laughs> you know, you, realistically, you come back to marketing. You have to, if you're choosing your medium, you have to be relevant on it and you have to be, you know, consistent with it. Yeah. You know, but... You know, for example, one of the lads puts up, you know, did X, Y, and Z. Thanks, Bernard Smith. I post that up, and somebody goes, somebody who follows me goes, "Oh yeah, Bernard, Bernard does that." Yeah, we'll just see. You know, I might get in contact with him, see what he does, and that's generally how it comes about. Like, you know, so, yeah, no, it's cool because the, the I didn't think you would have had people outside of Mead say mm. doing it online, and the reason that I thought that was because. You have a bricks and mortar, you have a, a bricks and mortar business. People were coming to you now; they can't, so they're doing it online. But that's not strictly an online business. That's just making the most of a kind of a bad situation. But but the sounds of things, if you've got someone even in Tipperary, like that that to me would be a, like let's say if I was looking to invest in your business and you were saying, "Oh, we've brought it online," I'd be like, "Oh fuck, that sounds good." Yeah. And then I find out they're all you know within a five minute drive from me. Like that's not that's really not, an yeah. online business, well, but it's really encouraging to hear some content Tipperary is doing. Yeah, it was to. Tipperary. Those um, up north, I can't remember up Belfast. But it, but it doesn't matter if someone in yeah, Tipperary yeah, yeah. can do it. Someone in New Zealand can do it. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's where the that's where your matching comes in, I suppose. But they're very different. So you're talking like within the gym. So we've had to go online um, for classes, obviously. Yeah, so that's for, one element. This is another element of it. This is this is race specific stuff altogether. Um, whereas the gym work is, yeah, that's we do focus on development for running and cycling and stuff like that. Um, the the other element of it, the, the, where it was online before COVID you know, was online training people. So, you know, you're sitting in Galway and you say, Jez, I'm going to do a race. Uh, who who, who can get me a plan? Or who, who can get me in shape for this? And your mate goes, Jez, you know, Bernard there, he's blah, 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 blah. Give him a shout. You know, 
and then I talk to them and we, you know, obviously see where you are, what you're doing, what level you're at. Um, and then, yeah, we can set up a, a training plan through that. I would say send through a questionnaire. You fill it out. I analyse what's going on, do a few tests and, and we can easily put a plan in place. You know, and that's that's how that works. So that's an that would be a separate separate element to say to where going online has gone with COVID with yes. classes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect so. sense. You've mentioned a couple of times people getting ready for races. Now, I'm fairly sure what you mean by that, but just to bring whoever wouldn't be up to speed, like when you say races, what 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 do you mean? Uh, well. Depends on the race, I suppose. What you what, want to do. Like for, for what are right, what so are the races? What are the races at? At one level, you have the likes of um, an adventure race. So generally speaking, I'm involved in adventure racing, which is running, biking, and kayaking generally with, um, with within the races. Now, it would be different to triathlons. Triathlons are all fixed distance. So they're always like a sport. It's always, you know, God, I think it's 1,500 run or swim, you know, uh, then a run or then a bike then a run mm. whereas adventure racing can be any scatter <laughs> in any direction so it could be a 2k run to start then you can go into like a 2k kayak then you could have a 30k bike then you could have a 5k run you know and then there's different different levels so you've got your your challenge then you've got a sport level and then you've got an expert level so that would be the adventure racing that I would compete in whereas triathlons is always fixed distance and it's always you know swim bike run yeah it's more standardised uh. yeah standardised yeah 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 um, in that sense so that, that that would be the they would be the people I would be coaching generally speaking would be people involved in adventure racing and then you'd have um, longer distance stuff like ultras so there have people training for the spine race in oh not, the spine yeah is one actually sorry um, then oh their names totally escape me now at the minute <laughs> but long mountain runs there's um, what's it called can't remember anyway ultra running so you're you're looking at 50 miles 100 mile runs that kind of stuff and then biking then would be your ultra bikes so the ones that are coming up this year will be the Joe Barr race there's people competing in a solo event which is 320k um, just as quick as you can solo and you've got a crew behind you feeding you and that kind of stuff. Then there's another couple of lads doing um, 500 and... Yeah, 500k in a team. So that would be over and back relaying through. So a lot of long distance work would be the majority of where, where that business is now at the minute or where that... So endurance type stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all yeah, endurance based work. And what's your, what's your personal... Like, not your personal approach, but what, Like, I know you can train people regardless what they're looking to do. Yeah. But what are you drawn to? Like, what do you compete in? What's your hobby horse? Uh, the short, the sport versions of the adventure racing. So they're generally anywhere between thirty and fifty k. So if you're looking at a time marker for me, anywhere between an hour and a half and two and a half hours would be the race. But you've got either side of that. Like you go for a challenge, which could be anywhere between. You know, it depends on the person. Like, I don't want to give times, but, you know, you could have someone who might compete in an hour or you could have somebody who competed in two hours. And then you have the far side of it, like your sport, which would be anywhere between an hour and a half and, you know, two, two and a half, three hours to somebody. Or then you have the expert then, which would be up at 60, 70, 80k distances. And okay. then that would be, the, they would be the general ones that I would, why I would race in. I don't tend to go above that. Um, I did one if you wanted to call it ultra event, which would be Quest 12, which is 150k, which was a 50k bike, current 11k up and down, current Tuhill, another 50k bike, 5k kayak and an 18k run. 
off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so that, 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 that would be the reason. longest distance that I I would have done, which okay. is 150 k. But I I generally like the short, the shorter sport versions because personally, it doesn't take. You don't need to train for a million hours a week, you know, to get to be able to be at a level where you can finish finish comfortably or compete. So if you're starting off, you don't need to do like. 10, 15 hours of training a week like you know you, you can get away with doing a lot lot less um, whereas if you go into the ultra stuff you know you, you do need to put the hours in and there's no real avoiding that like yeah so what, what now again I'm going to make this up but yep. you, you'll get the sentiment before you run a marathon you have to run 200k not in one sitting obviously but you know there's you have to put a lot of work in to get into that kind of distance as, as well I'm struggling to make yeah point to make yeah yeah you like yeah you would so for for somebody starting off, I was in this position. Two thousand thirteen was the first. I'd, I'd, I'd finished playing rugby and um, I started training a guy who said he wanted to do an adventure race, and I was looking at it going, Jesus, how 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 do we train? You know, what I, mean? I I just didn't know much about the whole thing. Um, how do we get in shape for this? Like Jesus, we have to run eight k and then cycle twenty and and you know run another five. Like you never did that in a rugby ne- game. Yeah, you never. Like it wasn't in my scope. Like I had you know. It wasn't what I was doing at the time, I suppose, and and now I look back at it and go like, you know, it's actually not, it's not a massive leap. I think if people can get their head around, you know, the distances, it's it's fine. I think the biggest problem people have is people who are starting off, and this is personally myself as well. I never ran more than five k, so and when I ran five k, I ran it like fucking flat out. Mm. <laughs> so you're thinking to yourself, how how do I run five k? And then get on a bike and do twenty k, and then if you get off this bike and do another five k, like you know, so trying to get your head around running five k, you know, cycling twenty and then running five is the biggest hurdle, I think. If you get your head around that, yeah, just the mentality of it. It's not the the distances are quite doable. Your body is has no problem doing it, you know. But I think when you're starting off, if you've only ever ran five k as hard as you can, or five k is your mental limit, yes, then adding twenty five k onto that can be a very big jump. Yeah, you're saying to yourself, I know where I am after 5K. How yeah, the hell can how, I be... And realistically, you'd be very surprised what your body can do. Like, I've had people... We train on... When we could train um, together, people who have never done an adventure race before. You know, and we generally train for an hour and a half to two hours between running and biking together. Um, and they'd be like, Jesus, right, how am I going to do this? You know, and we go out and we do you know, a certain style of session and like that, they've done 6K, you know, and you're like, Jesus. Right? And then you go, right, we're going to jump on a bike now and we're going to cycle. And they go, oh, Christ. And they get on a bike <laughs> and they cycle it and they come back in and go, Jesus, you know what? I, I never thought I'd be able to do that. You know, like it's it's more the mental block of yeah. getting above 5K. And once you're there and on your bike, it's your body will do a lot. Like it really will. And, you know, that's where the short stuff so that's why the shorter stuff is very doable for anybody starting off at any level. Because once you get over that mental block, your body will carry on. Yeah, it's mad the mental blocks that we put up mm. for ourselves. Like there's a, 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 a best mate of mine and past guest in front of the show, Pat O'Reilly, got into running, uh, I don't know, two or three years ago. Yeah, and talking about that, yeah. The lunatic, right, has been running 10K every second day for coming up on two years now, yeah. I think. And has and he's he's not just fucking pissing around either. Like he's doing them in forty seven minutes or something. So yeah, which is which is really quick. But you like, and this is another thing when when we look at somebody else, like people always look at what somebody else is doing. Yes, and they go, Jesus, how the fuck do we do that? Like, do you know, or how 
you know, whereas he's been running that for how long? Ten uh, k every second day, something like two years. Two years, yeah. And does he come back in feeling bollocks after those? Um, I don't know to be so honest. What I'm saying is, is like forty seven minutes could be his comfortable pace. Right, I know what you mean. No, no, but, no, he's not. So I think pretty well, much he, every time he's, he's running, he's bursting his bollocks. He is. I think so. Yeah. He is. <laughs> that, look, you're preaching to the conversion. The man doesn't fucking stretch. The man doesn't do fucking oh, well, anything. Like, do you well, know? if you want to go from science, it's scientifically proven that science or that stretching does fuck off you anyway. Look, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I, <laughs> As I, in, from a recovery perspective. So it doesn't do anything for you from a recovery. Okay, look, my 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 own personal take on it is if you're putting your body through that kind of stretch, yeah. you should be doing something. Maybe it's not stretching, but he's not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, the reason that I mentioned them is... I, I, and you, you hit the nail on the head just before I even got to it. You said that it's uh, when you're looking at other people. So I'm looking at him going 10k every second day for years on end is fucking insane like that's fucking that's not that not, I don't mean yeah, yeah, insane yeah. in a bad way but I just think it's incredible it's such an achievement I just think it's amazing it is it, 100% absolutely no, no, full stop yeah but he knows that I've ran a marathon or two and, and he going, thinks that crazy. is fucking yeah. mental yeah. he cannot get his head around ever contemplating yeah. Running a marathon. But if he went out on Saturday, he'd do it. Of course he fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he wouldn't do it if he's running every 10k flat out. Like, that's where the mental block comes in because you don't differentiate between doing 10k flat out and doing 42k yes. at a slower pace. So what, he's, what he consciously or otherwise is thinking is he'd have to do what he does every second day four, four times. times back to back. Yes. But that's, that's not what he it's needs to do. It's not relevant. That's, that's not the way to look at it. No, God, no, not in the least. And then that comes back to But, like, you know, I find that, what that comment of exactly what you say there is what people say is, that's mad. That, that, yeah. that quote is mad. <laughs> what the, f- like, what, that's mental. Why, why would you do that to yourself? It's not mad. It's just that's what they want to do and that's what they're training towards. Yes. They might look at you and say, you're mad for, you know, driving a car around a track at 200 miles an hour. You know, like, it's, it's totally relevant. Like, I think... You know, when people do ultra stuff, you know, people look at other people and say, that is mental. Like, they only think it's mental because they can't comprehend it. Yes. It doesn't mean it's impossible. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that somebody shouldn't do it. It's just that we can't comprehend what they want to do or maybe their reasoning for wanting to do it. Yes. If that makes sense. Oh, no, perfect sense. 100%. I think that's the big thing. And like people would look at an adventure race and say, 30k, you fucking mad joke. I'm going to stick to me 5k. Yes. You know, and and like that, people who do thirty k would look at an expert fella doing seventy k and go, Jesus, no, no. Yeah, and there's that. always some Graham Mack and prick out there doing two hundred and fifty. Exactly, and there's <laughs> so, always going to be someone who's doing a thousand, and there's yes. always going to be someone doing something else. But we just, you know, I think we should. I think when people look at somebody like if you're talking about Graham, for example, people go, that's fucking cracked, that's fucking mad, like. Why would you do it? I think it's brilliant. Oh, you and <laughs> I think, class. I think, you know, if somebody wants to train, you know, and can keep themselves in shape to do something yeah, like and that. And achieve something And has like the that. mental capacity yeah. to do it. Then then why not, like? No, fair play to them. I think there's a, a saying that I've rhymed off. You've probably heard me say it. Um, we underestimate what we can do in a long period of time and overestimate what we can do in a short period yes. of time. So when I was fighting, people used to go, fucking, like... In a in a cage, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, a cage fight, and they're like, "Well, yeah, cage fighting's a bit of a you know a derogatory term, but yeah, that's that's what I do." Yeah, and people just go, F- 
they don't know what to fucking say because yeah. they just cannot wrap their head around it. And they're like, you know, how how do you do that, Frano? But what they're thinking is, what they're thinking what I'm doing is the equivalent of them walking into the cage yes. and doing it. Yes, but it's they not. Don't I, look at the I didn't. I didn't just walk no. in there. I'll tell, I'll tell you how I did it. Six years yes. ago, <laughs> and that's, I started training three or four times a yeah. week. Do you know? It's a, yeah, and, and people don't see that element of it. They don't see the work that people put in. Like an Olympian doesn't just rock up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Every four years. He sets his alarm for yeah, every four it's years. About like. right now, should probably start this run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the work that goes into it, you know, is massive. Like, you know, and, and maybe that's what people can't comprehend, you know. And personally speaking, you know, this year was was one year actually that I was going to do something really long but it got cancelled um, but if yeah coming back to the, the reasoning behind doing short and stuff is because you don't have to do you know mad amount of hours of training you can fit it into your life yeah it's, it's, it's reasonable it's so. reasonable yeah yeah and that's why I enjoy doing it yeah you know? but it, it's funny there's a, another crossover I'm thinking here in relation to the, the business here because you have a fucking savage setup I don't know why but I didn't I've been in you see because I've been in a previous gym of yours yeah, yeah, I just yeah, kind of assumed <laughs> the next gym would be the equipment that you had in a new building yeah, but fuck yeah. me man you must have five six times the equipment that yeah. you had in the old place yeah. so it's fucking Eight, savage <laughs> um, but in relation like we're talking in relation to what people can see themselves doing from a physical point of view there's a business equivalent to that so I can see a, I can see a 16 year old let's say who's mad into his fitness and just dreams of being a personal trainer mm. walking in the door of your place and going fuck this is where I need I, to be no but, no but saying fuck I How could, I, I could never do this. Yeah, yeah But what yeah, they yeah. don't see is the fucking rusty barbells you had in your shed when you were fucking yeah. twenty-one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know kind of where it starts? The, the same with me. Like people walk down and they see forklifts and they see fridges mm. you can drive into and they see thousands of lights and fucking whoa! Yeah, like it didn't start. Huge big setup. Yeah. They don't see the polytunnel in my back garden. The whole thing started in. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it's really I find it quite interesting. You know, and that it, it comes back to everything, doesn't it? Like it seeing where it started and where it grew to oh, you know it's only you're... looking at the end vision it's the same as people seeing stuff on social media if you want to go down that road of like you know the perfect body that hasn't been photoshopped in yeah, yeah. Hands, you know but if it's a real photo that person didn't start you know they didn't start yesterday yes you know and people only put you know the best stuff on Instagram like I I follow a few you know gyms or whatever internationally could be in America could be anywhere Um and some of their content is quite relevant, but then you see, like, you know, for example, ACL rehab stuff, and it's the top level stuff, you know, it's top level athlete stuff. But they don't show, like, they show them jumping off a box, you know, doing a plyo jump, landing on one leg, and then reverting to a sidestep, you know, which is the very last phase of any ACL recovery you're ever going to be in. Yes. But they didn't show you, you know, the 12 weeks prior where the lad is sitting there tensing his quad. Yeah, with his fucking foot up. With his foot up, just going, basically. right, you know, or working on range of movement and the the pain, you know, the trying to push yourself through that range of movement, trying to get your brain around the fact that, no, it's not going to tear again. That's just tension through, you know, from surgery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, it comes back to everything. You know, you, you never see that initial phase. Nobody posts it, you know. Yes. And I think there should be more of that, you know, where your start and finish phase, maybe. Yeah, no, no, 100%. It's funny because I've been conscious of adding to that 
with what I do with the solos. So a lot of what I put out, all of what I put out, it's it's never scripted. And the same with these conversations. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I said from the outset, like we had a little chat about what we just start talking about so that when I hit record, you or any other guest doesn't shit himself, basically. Do you know, like, I know, you know what's coming, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. kind of answer it. And then it. you can... You, you ease into it and you kind of forget all about it. But... Um, I'm not fucking interrupting myself and losing my own train of thought. Sorry, apologies. What the fuck was I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate conditioning. I don't know. I'm after losing my own train of thought, but not not to worry. That's the fucking the beauty of these things. But yeah, no, sorry. Social media. There we go. We're back in the room. Um, I'm one one thing I like about what I do with the solos is I put it out there and it's not prepared. So. comes across clunky and it can be a bit kind of shit at times like that but that exa- exa- exactly <laughs> yeah, like yeah, what yeah. just happened here yeah 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 exactly it it's, it's life it's and I, I can see exactly life, where you're going it's with it's fucking yeah. life and that is it's just not the, perfect it's the me forgetting what I was fucking yeah. talking about was the perfect encapsulation of what I'm trying to explain yeah if this show was edited I could have just said oh look we'll forget about what I just said I'll cut that bit out and we'll just move on yeah yeah, yeah. but people don't get it's to see the it's raw, exactly. Yeah. And I remember a mate of mine, this is years ago now, he had uh, twins. So his first kid was was twins, basically. Mm. And they were maybe a month or two old, and he put up a photo of them on, on Facebook. And it was the two of them in uh, car seats. So you know the, the, you yeah. know only two wild baby going into car seats. You're in the, you're in the trenches. But um, the two babies were buckled into their car seats, and they were both, let's say, facing the camera. And they were, the photo was obviously taken at the front door of their house. And both of them were fucking screaming, crying. <laughs> I mean, practically purple in the face, fucking soaking yeah, wet with yeah, tears. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. just... Ah, it's like, out of sight of that beat. Like, <laughs> it come, it yeah. out of both of them. And I, just, I saw, and it just made me smile from ear to ear, because you never no. fucking see that. It's always them fast asleep in their mother's yeah, arms, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the mother has the makeup done, and the lighting is all right, and all the rest of it. Like. No. <laughs> and and that, paints a ba- that paints a tough picture for new parents, too. Of course it does. Absolutely, like, yeah. When you think, you know, that everything should be rosy. Yes. And, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And then that brings me down another level of, like, you know... Again, come back to Instagram and you see the bullshit. Like, of I had a baby three weeks ago and now I'm fucking ah, I'm perfect. You know, you've got and this false sense of, you know, a mother who's literally had a kid and then they're perfect. You know, like three weeks later they're back. To yeah, everything. they have their six pack or whatever bad. it is. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not real. It's not realistic for mothers either. You know, um, yeah. Like, it just I hate that false. I hate that false. Well, you're you're normalizing extremism in a way because maybe there are women who do bounce back do you know that kind of uh, way yes, but they're the uh, yeah. but they're the one in a fucking hundred thousand yeah yeah but I you know and, and if there is that person three, you know that they can jump back after three weeks you know and get back into incredible shape after having their third child or fourth child or whatever it is like you know I'd like to see that process you know what I mean yeah and <laughs> like, not just the before the process, and after before picture. and after you know and <laughs> to be fair there is like you know I, I credit Aoife all the time you know she's our two kids, she when she was pregnant, she was working out, doing, you know, doing her bit at home while she could. And now, to be fair to the girls, you know, like he forgets the mat out, and they're like, "Yeah, you're doing your exercise, mommy. Yeah, that's it." And they'll jump down and you know throw out their version of a push up or their version of a burpee or their version of something, you know. And you know that's, I love that element of it. Like I, I you know, if it's just like 
she does that. And like even now, after having a third kid, she's back into that phase of of. And she loves high intensity work, but it's like you know what I'm talking about there is burpees, squat jumps, you know, real high intensity stuff. She loves that kind of stuff. And right now the phase is quite, you know, low key. It's just trying to develop the movements again and making sure that she's okay through ranges of movement um, and that kind of stuff. But the kids still see it, you know, like, and that's, that's, I, I, I don't know where I'm, I'm after, how I'm after coming to this, but I, I think that's brilliant because if kids can see their parents doing things, there's a whole other level I'm after going, a whole different conversation. But if, if kids can see their parents doing things, you know, it leads them on to, normalising exercise and what it should look like if that makes sense you know throughout their lives no I couldn't agree more 100%. you know like to 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 blind and tune like mammy doing exercise is just like you know any other part of the day yes so it's it's completely normalised they don't I, see I it hold, as abnormal and for Eva to do that and even yesterday I, I think I came home from work last night or whatever time it was and the girls had gone to bed and, and Lachlan was there sleeping, thank God, on the couch. But she just started, she just did it, like, you know. And it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's probably where I'm going with it. It's not easy for, to be able to have a full day of the kids running around, screaming, pulling the head off each other, you know, the whole lot, newborn there. And I know at one point when I was back, she was trying to get away and do it, but it didn't happen. But it was nine o'clock at night and she still got it done, you know. So I have to hold you know, her up very, very high for doing that, you know, after oh, yeah, fucking kid. Like, right. he's only a month old. And, you know, she's trying to get her body right so that, you know, she can continue on to exercise and, and try and get back to, you know, her level of fitness that she wants to be at, you know? I don't know how that came around, but... Yeah. No, no, you made, the whole thing made perfect <laughs> sense and you're being completely congruent, don't worry yeah. about it at all. Um, and you hit on something that I think is so fucking important and it's this idea of, of kind of showing your work, do you know what kind of way? Yeah. So... It's no good for your kids, and not that it's no good, but if you if you head to work, say, in the morning, and your your kids are at home with the mother, or they go to school, or whatever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter. You go to work, say, and then you do your gym session in the work gym, mm. and then you you have your shower, and then you come home. Your kids don't don't see they that. don't see it. Like, no, do you know like like my kids will grow up thinking that Navin is in running distance from their house, even though it's like eight yeah, or nine yeah. k yeah, away. Yeah. But they, to them, you can just run into Navin. Like they, I'd never, I've never had to explain that to them because they're familiar with, you know, yeah. Daddy runs into Navin and back. Like, yeah. And you can't, I don't, that, that's how you really instill um, anything into your kids is you fucking show them. Yeah. Do you know, you can tell them all you want. But, but they don't, there's a, there is a, it's a, I think it's a, if GAA came up, but it's if they can't see it, they can't be it. Oh, lovely. You know, like, lovely. And, and it's specifically aimed in, in female sports. Okay. Um, because obviously, at the moment, thankfully, there's a big push towards getting girls into sport and and that kind of stuff. For and it's funny, it's hilarious, you know. It it's still there the whole divide between boys and girls. Between in segregation this, in our schools, like <laughs> y- yeah, yeah, with that too, yeah. But I'm I'm just talking about the, you know, the girls are. A and the boys are B, if that makes sense. Like we had, we have two girls who, um, who play with their dolls and who play with their trucks and who play with their whatever. You know what I mean? That they, they they do. I even say like the girly things. You know what I mean? It's not. It is what it is. But at the same point, there's a rugby ball and there's a football at home. Mm. You know what I mean? And the other day we went out to the garden, thankfully because the weather was so good, and we played our version of what was rugby and our version of what was you know football, and we had a boy. 
and it's funny you still get those messages of ah oh, you have a lad now so Jez will be running around the rugby pitch yeah like, yeah of course well actually I have two girls who probably kicked the shit out of him before <laughs> he gets to any rugby pitch yeah, you know? yeah. and maybe it's because you know I'm more self aware but because I have I had two girls first but it's it's still funny that if that's the mentality that you hear you know it's, it must it must be very difficult for you know girls to get into sport if that makes sense oh, because 100%. You know, we're, we're, you know, 2021 here, you know what I mean? And we're still talking about trying to get girls into sport. Yeah. Which, which I, you know, or, or or not even trying to get them into it, but the equal, you know. Yeah, no, kind of normalising it. No, She's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You see, there's this idea of, you know, a girl can't be just a girl that's good at sports. She has to be a tomboy. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, she yeah, can't yeah. just be a girl that's into sports. Into sports, yeah. Yeah, which is which is funny, like. But view, viewing things, so there's two things that we're after crossing over here. Are two things that we mentioned that there's crossover with. One is not seeing it from the start. So you might say, oh, fifty years ago there was no female sports role models, but there is now, and there is. Okay, yeah, yeah. but if the kid growing up doesn't see their mother doing any kind of training, yeah. seeing some you know or s- super athlete woman in the Olympics it's too much of a bridge to cross yeah and that's that's the whole point is that like you can't see they can't be it whether you know maybe maybe mum isn't into sport but mm. maybe dad is or maybe both of them aren't into sport but like having some avenue where they see it and and can learn it and look at it and say oh that's sport yeah I really like the idea of that let's get into it as opposed to your girl probably not going to bring you to that match yeah, you yeah. know, I'm a young lad now. Just I'll bring him down to rugby straight away. You know, there shouldn't be a differentiation between who's doing what. A kid later like it or they won't. You know, and that'll be their makeup. Yes. You know, whether they like rugby, like GA, or like piano, or like dance, or whatever it is. But it shouldn't be. You know, and like that. If you know, people are like, oh, just what if you're, you know, not what if, but. You know, if Lachlan likes going to dance, great, and 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 Shun likes playing rugby, and Blaheen likes playing GA, that's that's the way it is. Like, what does it matter? Like, you know, if they're into something that they really like and really get invested in, great. Yeah, and if, kid if is we happy can about. set a pathway of at least being active, that will help, or exposing them to these things, that will help. Oh, absolutely! I, I remember you reminded me of a was that a documentary I seen on. What's your, Jamie Oliver, that's his name. That's the celebrity yeah. chef dude, isn't it? I think Turn he had a documentary. Meals. This is years ago, 10 plus years ago. And they were he was in the States. It was a kind of an American oh, yeah, special. Yeah, or whatever. He was doing the food thing. Sorry? He was doing the food. like the in, Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he went into this one house and, um, the, you know, mother, father, morbidly obese. You know, yeah. 20 plus stone. Enormous people. And the kids were, you know, I don't know, 5, 10 and 15. And they were all enormous, yeah. massive kids. And it was all, you know, ready meals and takeaways and pizzas and, and all that kind of crack. And your man, Jamie Oliver, now I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this massively, but the, the sentiment was he asked them, you know, what's with all the processed food? Would you not like boil a pot of spuds you yeah, know, yeah. once a week or once a month? And your one looked at him and went, boil a, like a, in, a, yeah. in, in, in a pot? Which where would I what where would pot? I get one of those things? Yeah. And the reason she didn't know what it was, because her fucking parents didn't have one. Yeah. So how are your kids going to grow up cooking roast dinners yeah. if they don't know what a fucking roast dinner is? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the same with everything, like yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. If if you're not if there's not visual aids there or whatever, you know how how can anyone do anything? Yeah, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I suppose it comes back to <laughs> comes back to doing adventure races. If you don't see someone doing it, how can you get your head around it? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, because they're not really a spectator sport as such, are they? They're, I know you can go and kind of watch, but. 
they're getting bigger. They are. Like, I probably mean in a different view. But uh, they are. Like, what I like about it is is that you can rock up in a pair of GAA shorts or rugby shorts and an old uh, mountain bike. Yes. And you can compete your race. Yes. You know what You I mean? don't need carbon fibre or fucking no. bootlaces or whatever it is. No, left, and that's know? what I like about it. You know, and I hope that it keeps that way. Um, because that's what makes it cool. You know, and yeah, okay, I compete at it and I have an expensive bike and I have a tri-suit and I look like, you know, or a race suit or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, but I would hope that uh, at the end of the race, I'm standing there clapping in somebody who, you know, who who ran it in a pair of GA shorts and ran their race and, and was, you know, did their best. You know, I don't think it matters how you compete. I just, I, I think it matters that you competed. You yeah, know, yeah, I think some like- sports... You know, having elitist, you know, where the elitist won't kind of mingle with the... Cycling's the classic example of yeah, that, is it? It can be, yeah. Yeah, like... <sighs> Broad yeah. sweeping generalisation alert, obviously, like, but cyclists are pricks. <laughs> <laughs> steady on, steady on! <laughs> I don't disagree with you. There, there are an element out there that are, are uh, you know... There's a snobbery, there is. It's well known, like, isn't it? yeah. There, yeah, I suppose I, I'm coming from a different... I'm not part of a cycle club, I suppose. Um, and I would hope that our our brand of a club, if you want to call it that, Team UC, our adventure racing part, would be very... wouldn't be like that at all. And sorry, are you in an adventure racing club? Yeah, we have one. Didn't know yeah, such we, a thing existed. There we go. There's my marketing. <laughs> didn't know, I didn't know there was such a thing. Because adventure racing is something, because I'm, you know, generally speaking, into me fitness. I've played half a dozen different sports and I've done loads of different things yep. and I still kind of train. Yep. Um, adventure racing has been something that's been on my mind to do. I know you're into it, but I didn't know there was a club. And it's funny how knowing there's a club makes a difference. We would have, well, like... First of all, who off. who is the club? What's it called? Where can people uh, find it? It's me. Well, it's not me. I don't mean that. It's the gym. It's Team UC. It's like through oh, me. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate it's, conditioning. Yeah. Um, and we would train together then when we could at weekends. And then we would race. We'd enter races and do them. Um, and of course, you can obviously do a, a, a race-specific training. Yep. Like an adventure race for, for someone like me who's never done one before. Or someone who hasn't really trained and would like yeah. to just compete in fucking something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, like I would I would like to think that it's it's very inclusive in that. You know, so if you rack, if if we could train next Saturday for example, I'd say right Fran, I'll come on it next Saturday. And this is what I'm talking about, getting your head around the whole race situation of of doing a race for you know, an hour and a half or two hours. You know, like have you ever ran biked? Yeah, have you done triathlon before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you already ha- kind of have your head around it already, but for example, on that on that session we could go out and we could run we might do a bit of hill repeats. Uh, and a bit of jogging around and that could easily equate to 5k and then you're going to jump on your bike and there might be a bit of specific work to do on your bike or it might just be complete 10-15k or you know whatever you can in 45 minutes and that's you know that could be your session that'd be an hour and a half yes but in your mind you might have only ever ran 5k and, and that generally takes anywhere from 20 to half an hour you know so how the fuck do I train for an hour and a half and then you come out you know and you do it and you go back and go Jesus I can actually do this. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it, it, it's gas because you, you have me thinking here. Like, I've, I've done a triathlon. I just did the one at Sprint Triathlon. And uh, the at reason... Seven, that, 750. I think it's a 750 10, swim. Is it a 20k bike? 20k bike. Yeah, 5k, 5K run, run. Something yeah, like that. There we go, yeah. um, 
no, the reason I, I ended up the short ones, but I know the long ones because I've trained a few people for them. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't fucking done one of them. See, yet, there you I'm go. Gonna... But that whole thing, just I haven't done one of them. Yeah, you I know, know, I know. It's like, um, you know, yeah. Again, <laughs> I'd be the same. Like, I, I, I just, I've no interest in doing one. But you know, like, the distance is quite significant. Yes, it is. It really is. Like, and but it's no different. To, to, like so if you've done a bit so you've done you've done a, a sprint triathlon yes you know what I mean like so the the only difference being is that you have to put a bit more your training time is a bit longer but if you put the training time in it's just a distance oh without a doubt and look I, I don't it's funny because there's another side of it too a, a tiny side of it which is when I say it's something like that like oh just I haven't done any of the big fucking mad long ones yeah yeah when, when I say it like that is there's an element of just giving a hat tip to people who've done it yeah. Do you know kind of way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Without absolutely. being I'm, terrified of yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yes, yes, I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and and completely because I, 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 even I'm not going to go. No, no, I'm alright. Thanks. I won't do that kind of distance. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I'm sure if I train for it, you know, I would hopefully be able to complete it. Like, of course, you, know you what would. I mean. But it's a massive hat tip. I have to like credit to anybody who does those long distance stuff. It really is a credit to people putting in the, the work because that's what it takes. It, it takes work. It's. The race is one thing, but it's the prep. Like we just spoke about there, it's the previous, like your six, six years leading into an MMA fight. Yes. You know, it's not just the race. The race is the final hat tip if you want to go down that road. But it's the it's all the months, like, you know, the year of training more to get to that point. Oh, that yeah. It really takes, you know, focus and um, consistency. Like everything about any race is consistency or fitness or anything is consistency. Yeah, and it's no different with fighting. Like most mm. fighters will agree that uh, the the fight itself, like the fifteen minutes you're in the cage, is the easy part. Mm. That's the enjoyable part. Like yeah, you yeah. Look forward to that. The hard part is the train. Oh, just and that's stop. where most people will fail. Of course, yeah, one hundred percent. Because yeah, absolutely. you know, it's like it's about putting the hours in or putting the time in. Whether it's five hours a week or eight hours, whatever it is, you know, um, it's different for everybody, but. If you don't put that time in, the end result is going to be pretty difficult. Oh, absolutely! Time is the real key thing because, let's say, if you're, let's say, you want to break a meditation record, let's say, you want to fucking meditate yeah. solid for twenty four hours, the training involved in that is you sitting in silence, yeah, and that's basically it. Yeah, so it's not hard per se, but you know, do it for fucking eight hours and see how easy yeah, it is. But, you know, I, yeah. Hard is such a, re- a relative term, isn't it? Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. You know, it's just hard is a funny word. Like. Yeah, it's like what you make me think of is um, is weightlifting. Like people think lifting heavy weights is 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 hard, but if I give you a five kilo weight to hold at arm's reach, you do. It won't do it for too long. That's hard. Yeah, but exactly, like you know, it's not a heavy weight. Yeah, it's only yeah. five kilos, but yeah, it just it depends on the circumstances and everything yeah. else. Like yeah, it's a funny old funny term. But it's like most things, though, because and everything I suppose that we've spoken about revolves around your perception of things. It's what's yep. what's what's more important than the actual distances is your interpretation of those distances. Mm. Do, do, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's it's the same yeah. with anything. It's the same reason I think people don't pick up the guitar or pick up a new language because they see people speaking it and they might let's say. They buy, might buy the book and then they re, or they might pick up the book in the fucking bookshop, the language book, and it's fucking eight thousand pages, yeah, yeah. and you're like, Jesus! But they don't realise that the English book is fucking ten thousand pages, yeah, yeah. and my five year old has a fucking yeah. has mastered the whole thing. Like. And it comes, it really does come, and you, you spoke about it earlier on, but it, 
it does come down to like bite-sized chunks of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's something you cover a lot in 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 other podcasts and what you do, and um, we would have very similar thought processes on on things, but. Um, it's the application it comes down to the application you know your 8,000 page book if you read one of those pages every day yeah. you know you would eventually get through it oh, well, it because if you put it in the corner you'll never get through it Yeah, and it's something that like you know we all struggle with in, in everything you know what I mean like that we go you know we, we pick a challenge and it's the application then it's, it's just it's just nibbling away and nibbling away and then you'll eventually get there but you know looking at it and going <gasps> this is too much can't do it Put it in the back burner. Yeah, it just becomes overwhelming. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I'm perfectly aware of it. You seem to be perfectly aware of it. But that doesn't mean that we don't we don't struggle. Oh, with I it. totally do. And oh, I, and, and and me too. Yeah. But the the point that I'm, I'm I'm striving to make is we're blissfully aware of it, and we struggle. Yeah. But if you're not even aware, aware of it, like yeah. good luck with that one. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Absolutely. And the, there's certain things like that that, for me at least, I think should be, ideally will be taught in school, but it's not taught in school, so you have to kind of get over that, and you have to try and instill that in your kids. But again, like we were saying there earlier on, the way you instill it in your kids is fucking monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. You know, once once they see it, once it becomes normal in their life, you know, training isn't something to get into. It's, it's something just, you yeah. do. Like. It's something you do, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't need to be, this is the other side of training as well, it doesn't need to be the extreme level. It can be literally just going out and being active. Like, so much, so, so many people are, are inactive, you know, who don't do anything. Yeah. And it's, it comes to the same thing again. It's like they look at the extremes and go, geez, I'd never be able to do that. So they just wipe the floor clean and go, you know, I'm just not going to do it. Or, you know, there's no way I'll be able to get there, so I, I won't, you know. And and somebody's 5K might be your marathon. You know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and, and it's about being relative to the person, I suppose. And where was I going with this? <laughs> um, I can't remember where I was going with it, but I had a very valid point in my head. <laughs> <laughs> if you come back, if you come back. It will, yeah. Um, but again, like, just that, like you losing your train of thought, like I lost it there earlier on. A lot of people won't come on so for every one person that I've invited on 50 oh, sorry for every person that's come on 50 have had said no yeah, yeah. and a big part of that is the fear of what happened to me earlier and what happened to you there like, oh what if I fucking what yeah. if I forget what I was going to say or what if I make an ego at myself or what if this happens or what if that happens and like well what if it does happen like yeah, you yeah. just fucking get on with it won't you but if you're not willing to kind of put yourself out there in the first place yeah. you're never going to do anything I remember now. It was in there one of your, it was in one of your other ones. It was um, the extremism, extremism okay. of like going from zero to a hundred, right? You know what I mean. And we all want to. So if 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 you know losing weight is, your, is what you want to do, most people will go to the extreme, which is short term. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Or they'll, they'll, they'll stop see, eating food. <laughs> you have no idea. I fucking get it, man. I get it, and. It's it's relating, I suppose. I always try and relate it to whatever it is, if it's weight loss or if it's a if it's a fitness goal or whatever it is. I relate it to being like um, food to me. I suppose I don't really like I I don't give up stuff, but I'll realize when enough is enough. Like yeah, you know, and 
so that's that's one thing. But I genuinely would like. I really have to like put my mind to training. Like training now, I like. I don't jump out of bed in the morning going, "Yes, I'm going to go training today." Yeah, like I really do have to. Uh, Lighting yeah, I, I, I do have to really think about. Um, I have to really focus my mind onto training to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, your, your training structures it, does it? Your life, your your diet. No, uh, no, 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 not really. What I'm try, what I'm trying to failing to get at really is is that for me, food isn't an issue, so it's not what I need to focus on. But for somebody else, food might be an issue, and. You know, like that, when, when you stop eating food, like stop eating shit, it's such a blasé term. Like you can't, somebody who struggles with food isn't just going to be able to go, like you can't just say to somebody, stop eating shit. Like yeah, you, know, you can course. say to me, stop eating shit. And I go, oh, okay, Grant. You know, because it's not, I don't, I don't struggle with the food element of it really. So what I'm kind of trying to, failing to make is, well, the way I try and perceptualize it, if that is the right word, is that like, think of the thing that you find hardest to do. You know what I mean? And then put their struggle in that area, if that oh, makes no, sense. Oh, no, you're making perfect sense, 100%. Like, and, yeah, like, I, people, if, because if, it's, it's quite prominent, I suppose, that's probably where I'm getting to, but currently now, there are a lot of the population who are overweight, like, you know, and we really do need to really... Rain it back, lads. ...work on that, you know? And But it's not as easy as staying stop eating shit. You know, education does play a big part of it. Um, and we do need to work hard on it, like, and, and as individuals, you know, just go to ostriches, you know, like, oh, I just want to have that, though, you know. Like, there is an element of we have to try, but where I'm going is the extremism of it. So, the, I, I think the people go to the extreme is because it's regimental. And people really like regiment. They like to be able to go, yep, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. Like, you could say to somebody... You know, all I want you to do is eat broccoli now for the next six weeks, and they you, fucking you lose do a shitload of weight, like, yeah. and you will. Or and and after six weeks, you're going to fail, and you're probably going to eat the shit out of yourself. And within a couple of months, you're definitely going to be back to where you were, and you won't have achieved anything. But or I could say to them, like, all I want you to do is is just account for what you're eating, have a look at what you're eating, um, and start. And like what you say is is instead of saying no to something. Like you've this, you've touched on this before. Instead of saying "Don't eat this anymore," how about we drink a little bit more water? So we're just feeling a bit fuller for longer. You know what I mean? And when you're feeling hungry, just drink a bit more water. You know, and just account for what you're eating. Let's have a look at it, and then we'll say, "Right, okay." Like you said, like like you've touched on. At a certain point of the day, I find that I'm doing this. Okay, well, let's substitute your Mars bar for a couple of peanuts. All right, and let's just start trying bringing in healthy foods. And in a year's time, you'll be a lot further on than you were at this point you know and somebody goes that's a fucking year on like I, I want to lose stone now yeah I have a wedding in three weeks yeah. time yeah <laughs> whereas in two years time keeping the same thing they'll be four times better off than they would be if they just did six weeks but we like extremes we like to you know it's easier for us to mentally go hard at something for a short period of time than look at the long 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 term you know because we don't break it down, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's an element of motivation comes in here somewhere because the people, motivation is a funny one, though. It is, and I think that's what we, we might get somewhere with this because on one on one sense, people get motivated and they go right, you know, fucking 2021, I'm going to fucking motivation do this, that, and the other. That long, I'm making six inches. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, motivation doesn't last long. True, it's being an 
it's it's I think it's is it uh, Brian Goggins is it Brian Goggins David um, Goggins huh? no David Goggins David Goggins you know it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable yes you know so when it's difficult you have to be comfortable with it being difficult and make a change yeah as because, opposed to setting yourself up for never having because right so for example like you know you say to yourself 2021 or it's March 1st right so I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm really motivated to do this for a week and then a week comes and you're like oh fucking want to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning that's the point where you have to go no your motivation's gone yes so you can't go find it again like it's not going to always be there so you have to create your own instance and say well right okay it's tough but I'm getting up at 6 o'clock I'm uncomfortable with doing it because my motivation is gone but I'm getting up and then that feeds into you know constant habit I suppose if you want to go call it that and by doing that then you know, that might create a, ha- a better habit loop. So you getting up at six o'clock means that you eat a better breakfast. You've got your gym gear laid out, so you do something. You go to bed you g- earlier. Yeah. So you yeah. get up earlier and it just, everything starts working with you instead of against you. Yeah, 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 that's, that's exactly it. But it, it, motivation isn't always going to be there. You can't rely on motivation to get you anywhere. Well, it's a, if nothing else, it's a limited resource. Yeah, motivation will get you to point A, but it won't get you to the finish point. Yes, so you say to yourself, I'm going to do this. You are guaranteed going to be motivated for at least, you know, a week. <laughs> but you will. You yeah, will. Yeah, like yeah. if you say to yourself, whether it's it's losing weight or doing that ultra race, you know, you, you, I read, I think, I can't remember whose book it was. Maybe it's maybe David Goggins as well. It's like we always make the maddest decisions in the comfort, in our biggest, uh, uh, you know, biggest place of comfort. Like, so I was genuinely sitting on my couch when I texted a mate of mine saying, we'll do race around Ireland this year. <laughs> I wasn't, bad. I wasn't cycling up a hill. Yeah. Going, ah, this is so fucking hard. I'm going to do race around Ireland. You know, we always make the hardest decisions in the biggest comfort, if that makes sense. Yeah, and again, yeah. it's David Goggins. Um, so I'll, you know, reference him on that one. But it's so true. It got, really got me thinking. Like when I read it after I had text Simon said to him, like, come on, we'll do it this year. I'm not going to have any short races. You know, there's going to be nothing on. Hopefully this will be on. And then when I read, I read the page maybe two days later, I was like, fuck, it's so true. You know, we always make these mental decisions in moments of maximum comfort. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So our motivation is going to be huge, but then it's just going to run out. Like, And that's when you have to really start. So coming back to me with training, like, yeah, the first couple of weeks, you know, your motivation is up there. You're like, yeah, I'm really going to work on this. And then, you know, then it goes. Your motivation side of thing goes, so you have to create your own motivation if that's the right way of going about it. Yeah, well, I think you have to. What's important there is you have to create your own success. Or you your own no, it's not even that, but you, you have to pair back slightly. You have to create your own circumstances whereby success can happen. Yes. Yeah, that absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. And it will, like, and motivation rolls in and out. It doesn't just go. You know what I mean? Like, so that feeling of, yes, I'm going to do this doesn't disappear after week one like it goes for that week but you create like you said you know you put things in place to create success and then you get motivation back so you do get those highs but it can't be there all the time no of course it's yeah. not there all the time is what I'm saying so you have to be able to you know work through that be comfortable with discomfort as be comfortable with it, but yeah and then when the motivation is there it's totally comfortable and it's great but you have to be able to you know work outside of that comfort zone as well oh no 100% I think no, no, I couldn't agree with you more. No, honestly, and look, you know me fucking long enough. If I disagreed with you, you'd know about Yeah, it. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I would pair it back to myself, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like, I suppose the last while, just have, like, having the third kid, uh, 
yes, definitely it's different <laughs> to having two, especially when they're, you know, four and two, like, you know, they're kind of running around the place and they're giving you shit. <laughs> and, you know, you can deal with that. And then you have another one, you know, you have a brand new one who's back to, you're back to square one again of changing nappies, listening to screaming, that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I, I, I struggled with it there for a while back. Just my patience level was so short. You know what I mean? I found it just snapping, snapping at the girls for doing stupid stuff. You know what I mean? You're like, ah, just cop on. So I've genuinely, you know, and I wasn't getting up at six. You know, I wasn't getting up at the normal time I get up. I was letting the alarm clock run on and then I was getting up and I was running in for breakfast and then I was running out the door to get into the gym and you're on the back foot already, you know. Um, so I literally, you know, I've started, honest from this week, I just put three things on the board and a whiteboard at home, you know, that I that I want to do to start my day off well and that's literally get up when the alarm clock goes off you know drink water in the mornings don't just drink coffee you know and uh, the other one was make sure you have your vitamins it's just you know but that sets me up initially so I get up do those things and then the day like I have my water here in front of me if that was last week I wouldn't have that water I wouldn't be drinking it I know what you mean, yeah, and then you'd be dehydrated, dehydrated. on your run later and then on today. That's or what's whatever. causing, you know what I mean? I was like, why am I, why am I so snappy? Like, cop, cop on! Like, I'm not like this. Like, I genuinely, I'm generally not like that. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't be snappy. I wouldn't lose the rag, like you know, at the drop of a hat. But I was getting that way. I was like, there's something fucking wrong here, like, you know. So, I suppose it's a trial for me to see. Is it a case that you know I'm just putting myself in the back foot and I wasn't hydrated and, and drinking way too much coffee? <laughs> You know, instead of water. And, you know, I think it's something that it should... And already, uh, you know, two days into it, I'm fairly sure it's the reason was is because I'm just on the back foot all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it stresses you. Like, if you're on the back foot, if you're you're just about making everything that you have to do, it's just just stressful. If your life is stressful, you're going to be stressed. Like, it's not fucking... Like, when you put it in black and white terms like that, it's not fucking rocket science. But it's mad too, though. And what I love about these conversations that that I have with people is even you talking about snapping at your fucking kids and realising that something was wrong and going, do you know what? I'm going to put three things on the board. I'm going to start my day fucking right what other people could be forgiven for thinking when they see you is like, just look at your man fucking Bernard Smith. Jesus Christ, like he's got that whole ultimate conditioning thing. He has the gym, he has his fucking adventure races, he's got his wife and he's got his three kids. Mm. And like, like he, I wish I had his life because he just has the easiest life. It just seems class. Everything just kind of happens for him. Yeah, yeah. But you listen in on something like this and it's like, wait, he's fucking bitching at his kids for no reason yeah, like a yeah. normal person and what I was getting at there is that's my current struggle you know and that's that's what I'm trying to work on and where I'm going is no matter what it is like you know whether it's a, a fitness goal or, or a life goal or whatever it is if you just put a few small things in place they do make a massive difference it doesn't need to be extreme is probably where I'm going with it like if I wrote 20 things on a board and said, have to do this, have to do this, have to do this. Have, that would stress me out more. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe initially for the first few weeks, it might work. You know what I mean? Be, ah, this is great. I'm getting all this shit done. But after a few weeks, it, it would most likely be, as we say, extreme and, and wouldn't work. And demoralizing you know? because you start, not only are you not doing all Taking the things them. that you're supposed to yeah. be doing, but you're beating yourself up over not doing them as yeah, well. Yeah. Like. yeah, exactly. So small goals and like, hopefully... You know, a few weeks' time, that'll just become natural and routine. And then I can set three more of them. Not hopefully it will. You yes, know, no, I know will. what you mean. Once once they become, once you don't have to keep looking at the board to yeah. see what they are and you've built them in. And it's more, you know, it's more of a, I suppose, uh, it makes me think about it because it's there. If it wasn't written down, 
you know, out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. But it's there. You know what I mean? I go to bed and it's it, it's there. Or you know, I, you know, I see it and I go, you know, I'm going to get the porridge out. I'm going to put it there with the bowl and the flaxseed and blah 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 blah. And I'm going to put the glass of water and the the vitamins beside it, and that's that. You know, so when you get out, it's the same with training. You know, if you struggle to train, you know, and you're late for work in the morning, you, you get up late or that kind of, you know what I mean? Whatever your reasons are, and you run off to work and you go, ah, oh, lunchtime, fuck, I can't go for a run now, I don't have my gear. Whereas if you have your gear in a bag beside your laptop, no matter what happens, if you're late, you're going to pick up your gear bag and your laptop and go to work and you're going to be able to go for a run. Yes. You know, the, it, yeah, it takes the, the excuse out of it. You're not, you're not suffering the consequences of making one mistake yeah. throughout the day because yeah, you're yeah. just better organised. Yeah, yeah. Like, remember Dave Webster, um, past guest in front of the show, saying that he has the clothes that he's going to wear the next day. I don't know if he's on the locker or yeah. on the chair or windowsill or on the floor, wherever the fuck he puts them. But they're ready for him to put on the second he just slides his feet out yep. of the fucking bed. Yeah. And just a little a little thing like that. like you're, it's It's almost as though... And not to fucking push this point too hard, but it's almost as though the world that you wake up to is is kind of ready for you yeah, yeah. more so than you be ready for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you get up and it, there's a certain thing that's already fucking done. But if you don't, the less you have to do. So mornings for me tend to be when I'm least, if you, again, motivated, like least motivated. You know what I mean? Like, it's the morning when I'm going, oh, God, right. Like, the night before, I'd be like, yep, I'm going to train tomorrow. This is exactly what I'm going to do. Woo, let's go. <laughs> On the couch. I'm no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watching TV, eating a donut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. But, like, generally, I don't know what it is. The evening times tend to be, uh, I started night running as well, randomly there. You know, uh, I really find that really enjoyable. But, you know, if I can get the time and, and you know, to be fair, if it's very good at my time, you know, because like that we have three kids like it's not easy to especially if they've been mad all day and I come home alright go and see you later bye go yeah, for a run yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's like to take a child so it's very good at my time in that sense so if you can get it it's great but yeah even times is what I'm saying is I, I tend to be my most you know I think about a lot of things with work you know what I mean I'm like right this is what I'm going to do that, that, that. I could write it down or if I don't write it down it never happens that's another thing another way to what we just spoke about there but uh, yeah, the morning times they go. Oh, all right, okay, right. Let's get up. Okay, we'll shake the head off, get the coffee, and so. And that's why mornings. That's why I started to try and put these things in place in the morning, like because if I'm get better at night time, I don't need to do it in the night time. Like if 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 I'm more motivated at night time, and that's when I get, you know, my thought for running or my thought. You, you put the things in place. I'm kind of going all over the place here, but you know, if I say right tomorrow's a run day and I put my gear aside, you get up in the morning. It's just there. Yes, you know. Yeah, and you're you're not like I think a lot of people in your circumstance. So let's say the mornings are slow for you, and the evenings, you know, you're you're flying just kind of naturally. But I think what a lot of people Sometimes. will do there is they'll say to themselves, "Do you know what? In the mornings, I'm groggy and and all over the place. So what I'll do is I'll train in the evenings, as opposed to addressing, you know, yeah, their weak the, point." And that brings it back again. If you're, but the, some people could be great in the mornings, but for whatever reason, you know, getting up at four o'clock in the morning to train is not the best idea you know what I mean mm. so maybe maybe they are great in the morning but then they need to plan for the evening you know what I mean so, oh absolutely yeah. so they're great in the mornings but they know that when they come home in the evening they don't feel like training you know what I mean or they don't feel like cooking food to help them along you know what I mean that's when they're at their least motivated if you want to go put it like that so if you get in the, up in the morning and you're great then put all your strategy in place for the evening before you go to work make sure you know you have the items for your dinner that you want to make 
ready when you get home as yeah, opposed so to getting home and going oh, I've nothing for food I'm just going to have to get a takeaway yes. you know or oh, I really don't want to do this you know like oh, I won't go for a run but if your gym gear is there you're more likely to, so it's one element of being comfortable or uncomfortable with being uncomfortable yeah, yeah, we know the crack. You know, it's another element of it. So if before you go to work, you put your gym gear out and it's there when you walk in the door. You know, you're more likely to go, right, I have my run to do or I have my gym work to do. I'm going to pop this on and get it done. Because if you walk in the door, you know, and you don't have those things in place, like, it makes it much harder, you know, than it should be. No, well, I, I think the, the, the perfect analogy you, you gave there was having what you're going to eat that evening, you know, ready or prepped or, mm. you know, ready That's, to go because otherwise it's just like you've you've got an option will I put what I've prepared this morning into the oven and eat that or will I uh, spend the next 20 minutes peeling and fucking yeah. oh fuck that shit I'll just get a takeaway yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's, or I'll just take the pizza out of the fridge oh yeah exactly which yeah. I shouldn't have bought in the first place <laughs> but you know but I was hungry when I went shopping so I bought pizza because I thought I might want it later on you know again that's delving down different things but, but it's it's all the same thing though because on, on one hand what I'm saying is you should create the circumstances whereby you're likely to succeed yeah but at the same time there's, a, there's another side of that if you don't create circumstances whereby you have a high chance of succeeding in, what you're doing is you're creating circumstances that you have a high chance of failing Failure in. Failure in, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's one or the other, and I think I'm, I'm really guilty of this. I seem to have it in my head that I either will do something really well or I'll just, I'll just be kind of average. But it's, it's, I think it's more often you either do something really well or you do something really badly. For me, at least. Maybe yeah. that's the extremism within me. So I'm either fucking... I'm either in but one or two just, modes. It's not just you, though. More than likely. Like, it's, it's not. It's the human condition. Like. Huh? It's the human condition. We're all so alike. And as much yeah, as you might think Yeah, it's trying to get around different. that fact. It's the same as, like, you miss one day of training. Or you miss you've one bad day of eating. It's like, who gives a fuck? Like, tomorrow's a new day, like. Yes. You know, um... And it is certainly something, you know, you miss a day of training, you're like, ah, oh, jeez, that's it, ruined now. Sure, fuck it. Yeah. You know, tomorrow's wrecked. You know, whereas if you just went out and did, okay, maybe your session was a real, was an interval session that takes a lot of mental, you know, focus to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will stress that not every training session should be like that. But, you know, maybe that is the day for that. And because you're working on specifics. And you say, oh, fuck it, you know what, I just, I, I'm just not in the mood for this, you know, I can't, no, I'm just not going to do it. You know, either that pushes to another day, or you miss it, and then it, it escalates into missing more, or having that kind of poor attitude towards it. Or you could say, right, I'm not in the mood for that, so, you know, I'll just, I'll just cruise around now for half an hour. I'll just get out, and if it's a bike session, I'll do an hour easy. You know, that is a million times better. Yeah, I go for a leisurely cycle instead of bursting me bollocks. Yeah, that's, like, that's a million times better than doing a miss, like, you know, a snowball effect. You know, I think it's the same, it's probably an extreme when, you're, when I'm looking at a training plan, but it can be the same with everything. You know, like, oh, I'm not really feeling it today, you know, I'm, this is what I have to do. And, and again, we look at the extremes and we go, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. There's no middle ground. We don't think that hitting the middle ground is probably 80% of the effort anyway. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. those intervals are only worth maybe 10% of performance if you want to go there. Actually being active is 80% of the work. Yes, so, like, you're not really missing anything. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you're missing that couple of percent. But really, you're not, because it's not going to snowball into missed sessions later on. Yes. You know? Um, 
and it comes back to another thing again Eve was reading I can't remember the I think it's the power of habit maybe that she's reading but it's 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 never missed consecutive days okay so if you've one bad day don't let it make it twice I know what you mean so by all means have three bad days in the week but don't ever have them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday <laughs> okay yeah 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 do you know do you- yeah exactly yeah so you don't have them in a row yes yeah but if you did have them every consecutive day, you probably would have. Yeah. But you, you know. Yeah. I so if I you have a shit day Monday, from. don't let it be Tuesday as well. Just get back on it and continue on from Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously, by the power of habit, those consecutive or those missed days will become less and less and less. Yeah. Because you haven't done it consecutively. But isn't it mad though? Because if I miss a day's training, say, or two days' training, I tend to go as exactly exactly yeah. as you were outlining there. It's like, oh. Oh well, that's my that's training life over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, if you looked at it on a graph, like, yeah, you, I've I've trained two hundred days out of the last two hundred and ten. Like you were talking about the podcast and how much you were putting up and stuff. It's the exact same thing. Like, you know, if you miss a day or you miss, like, okay, for, forget about the consecutive days, but if you miss two days, like, your loss is minimal. It only becomes. It obviously snowballs a lot quicker the more days you miss. Mm. So if you just, I know it's easy to flippantly say, just get back on it, you know. Uh, but if you did just get out and do something, you're back on that wave of, of doing something and compound effect, it will just keep on going back up again. Whereas it's the same as the exact opposite. If you just stop doing anything, the compound effect will obviously be the opposite and you'll, you know, you'll end up doing nothing and yeah, nowhere. A positive feedback loop, loop can you know, rise you to the stars or it can auger you into the ground. Exactly, it's the same yeah. principle that applies. Yeah. Like. And it is, it is difficult. And it, again, by no means have I am I like yeah I totally should never do that like do you know what I mean but we all miss days we all have times you go you know and that could be it could be fine but you know as long as we don't let that snowball into long term yes that's the that's probably what I'm trying to get at (laughs) yeah no no I think it's a a good point well made and absolutely Um, and it's funny you have me thinking uh, Fionn my six year old he's back in school as of yesterday and Ooh. he's a bit anxious about school, so mm. he, like he worries a little bit about it. Yeah, mostly um, just before he goes to bed the night before. Yeah, and then on the way in in the car in the morning. A- a- any other time he's kind of fine; he doesn't yeah, think yeah. about it. But going to bed, he's like, "Oh fuck, I've school in the school morning." Tomorrow, yeah. And then he's on the car in the way and going, "Oh fuck, I'm on my way into this fucking hellscape." But I mean, he's only in it five minutes, and he doesn't want to leave it because yeah. he enjoys it. But we we do this, and like if my six year old son does it, I do it, and you do it. You can be fairly certain everyone yeah. does it. Like you know, we build these things up in our head, like the Jesus, I'd never run a marathon, or Jesus, yeah. I'd never do this. And it comes back to saying like success, successful people are not they're not automatically success, successful. They didn't just wake up one day and be massively successful or yes. whatever they do would be that business sport whatever there was a lot of work that went in and it does come back down to exactly what we just spoke about they didn't miss a consecutive day and they consciously made that decision or they you know either they were comfortable with being uncomfortable yes and now they're successful like and, it, are still it, un- and are still and, comfortable and still, with being uncomfortable. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But again, we look at it and it comes back again to that thing of we see this top figure and we go, jeez, that lad is fucking there. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you, you know, he, he's, he's obviously just genetically better at it than I am. Mm. But I can guarantee you, you're genetically better at something than he is. You know, and, but he just worked hard at the stuff he wasn't very good at. Yes. Or she. <laughs> you know, and it does come down to that. It's it's just being better at 
you know, the stuff you're not very good at. Oh yeah, but get, and getting better at it. Another way of looking at no that. There's no way that everybody is brilliant at everything. Oh no, and they course. aren't. And if you read any, and there's you know, successful people write books and then reread them and make them more successful. But it comes down to that they work very hard. There's no way like that. You know, successful people didn't work hard. They had to. Oh, couldn't agree more. And yeah. anybody who gets like you know, look, there are exceptions. There are people who just get landed with fucking inheritances or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But you can but, easily fucking rub that into the ground. But you see, in second. But you see, this is typically what happens. People easy come, easy go. Yeah, isn't there a thing about that? We have a comfortable living. We have a perception of what comfortable living is and how much money that would be. So yes. no matter how much money, like if you give, you know generally speaking you know a million euro to somebody if they're not used to that kind of money it'll just go they're not not used to it but if they have a comfortable living level you know they go and buy an aeroplane and then they'll be back down to you oh, know absolutely yeah a certain level of money like so yeah, it, and that and that in itself comes down to if you did and you you weren't used to having money or you didn't know what to do with it you'd have to educate yourself very very quickly or yes. you'd be broke yeah, well, what they say, what is it, um, your your expenditure will always rise to meet your income. I'm yeah. not hitting that right in the head, but you get the sentiment. So yeah, yeah. an example I give was I used to work for a tax consultancy company and uh, my job was to sell self-employed contractors in the UK uh, a tax solution. So basically, let's say if you were earning £500 sterling a day, instead of you putting your earnings through the through the, the the typical kind of tax structures in the mm. UK, you sign it up to me. You sign up to what I'm selling you. You essentially become a partner in the company that I represent, and we'll fire your money all the way around the world and back again, and we'll pay you your earnings as quote unquote wages. Yeah. But the idea is that you only pay two percent tax yeah. instead of paying thirty percent tax. Yeah, and you get a cut over that. So there was a couple of guys that, that the whales say that we were dealing with, and they're their um, day rate was five grand a day. So five pounds sterling a day is what, it was their minimum wage, basically. That's, yeah. They wouldn't work for any less than that. So five grand a day. So let's say they're working five days a week. So they're earning 25 grand a week, 100 grand a month, okay? But if their wages weren't in at fi- on five o'clock oh, on a Friday, it's on the phone. Yeah, and it's yeah. not, where are you sneaky cunts going with my money? It's, lad, I have fucking bills, bills to, pay. to pay. yeah. Do you know, you're on a hundred grand a month and they're ringing you like you, like let's say pick somebody who works in Centra and they're on 25 grand a year and they don't get paid on time. They're ringing their boss going, Mm. where the fuck is my wages? Because they fucking need it. Because they're practically poor. But you've a lad on a hundred grand a month and he's the the exact fucking same. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a cause of society or is it like an mental ingrainment? I don't know, probably a bit of both because they kind of feed into each other, don't they? I mean, individuals create culture and culture kind of creates individuals yeah like there's a there's a there's a back and forth element to it I think um, but it's fucking it's fascinating shit how are you coping being back in the trenches again and when's number four coming along <laughs> Aoife's hair going shut up you <laughs> <laughs> snip 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 yeah snip, snip. I know a guy <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to that podcast uh, randomly it was miles years ago wasn't it yeah just, that's a while ago yeah, now. Yeah. Fuck, that's nearly like, two three years ago f- what? <laughs> um, yeah, look, like I said earlier, I, I have to say it's it's tough. Um, whether that's down to my own doing, 
because I'm generally not like that. You know, I'm not generally not snappy. So hopefully my few little tick boxes will, will help with that. <laughs> genuinely, because I don't like being like that. I don't, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't like being snappy because I'm not. I don't think I'm that kind of person. I ah, know you're not. I know you long enough to know Maybe you're not I'm a snappy not. person. But uh, a walking prick, but not snappy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. I have to say, like the this time, this. You know, the first six months I, I think are are quite tough. Oh god, um, even if you've an angel baby. Yeah. Um, fuck whoever has angel babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I, I just I just find that tough. I find it tough, but uh, you know, when they can start communicating and stuff like that, it's it's good crack. Like, but uh, you know, this part is hard. Where they literally just rely on you for every single thing yeah. you know and I'm and I and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I don't even have to feed the fella you know what I mean of course you know so I'm not up in the middle of the night feeding you know Aoife's feeding him so I basically have to wind and she, again she's far too generous with my time I got a full night's sleep last night so she obviously stayed up and winded him and that kind of stuff so um, that kind of thing so I, I certainly can't give out there's, there's, there's no giving out in it you know oh no no fair play credit um, where credit's due and all that jazz yeah she does take the brunt of it Um yeah, so I really need to get my finger out and start, you know, taking a bit more of it or making sure she gets me up in the middle of the night because it's not fair, you know. It does, like that, it can compound itself. You know, she's not getting any sleep day in, day out. It'll, you know, eventually lead to some sort of, ah, I'm not going to say breakdown, like, do you know what I mean? No, but, but I know what you mean. You some know, sort of a clash or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And that, that does tend to happen. We all see it where we have a clash. But, yeah, no, that's good. I, I, look, I won't say I don't enjoy it. I do. I love, I love the kids. And, uh and come here, what was the whole having a baby in COVID like? So presumably you weren't there, or were you there when the baby was born? No, what no, way does it wasn't that work? There. Oh, I was. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> 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 no, it wasn't. Jesus, no, no. Um, no, it was. It was strange. I, I and Eve would say it as well. It would be much harder, I'd say, for new first-time parents um, with some experience of it uh, in a way, like from the, from the last two. But essentially, it was. Um, Water's broke, ring, up we go. We decided we'd go earlier. And even if we had to sit in the car, because they wouldn't admit, we'd do that instead of waiting last minute and going up. Just because, you know, because I wasn't able to be there for the full labour, um, you know, Aoife was quite anxious about that part so because she wouldn't have somebody to <laughs> squeeze the fuck out of, yeah, you know, yeah. during the, before you get to active labour. So we decided we'd go up early. So if they did, I'd at least be there for as long as I could yes. and then admit. But we got up. Uh, she went in I had to wait outside and I got a phone call and you're just sitting in the car going fuck did they lose my number god I'm just taking on blind how long was she before she went in and yeah, you know was it an hour coverage was it a two hours yeah I was looking at my phone the whole time you know making sure um, but no I did get the call anyway um, so yeah we were up at kind of half six and, and Lachlan was out at 20 to 10 no, um, so is. I was there for the active labour which was from about half eight maybe Right, and then to be fair, they didn't they didn't kick me out like you know. Yes. We were allowed in the recovery suite for, or the the, the delivery suite for till maybe half eleven or something like that. But again, Eva's got experience in it, like so. You know, breastfeeding wasn't an issue, but I know if it was her first time at Blahine, it would have been very different because yes. you know learning the whole thing, starting That's over, a daunting you know, enough like, experience in the first know, place, and not having like even on Blahine, I remember 
um, she was awake the whole night and she was like, look, can you just get up as quick as you can and just, you know, just for a bit of support, you know, like, can you come up in the morning and bring some stuff to me and, you know, whenever you're up, it'd be great, thanks, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, for first-time parents, I can imagine it's quite tough because they don't have that. Oh, God, yeah, you know, absolutely, my yeah. My brother and sister-in-law just had their first kid there uh, last week, I'm going to say, or the week before. But yeah, like that, it was, um, it was three weeks early, so he was in for three days, but he had to go down to the, oh, whatever ward it is. But I know his sister-in-law wasn't allowed down, you yeah. know? So that's very tough because of COVID. You know, you, c- you can't be with <laughs> your your child. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. So I suppose from our perspective, it was okay. Everything went well, everything was fine. But yeah, in, in positions where it's not fine, it must be very difficult. Oh, God, I Jesus, I can only fucking... Doesn't bear thinking about, you know. You yeah. compl- uh, complications with a newborn don't bear thinking of full yeah. stop. Never mind with COVID and and all the rest of it. Like you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't say it was. It wasn't a whole pile different now. Really wasn't. And like she was out within twenty four hours. So no happy days. You know, on the other two, I would have been driving up. You know, in the morning to come up and say hello anyway, and they would have waited around until she was you know sent home or whatever. But this time it was just waiting home until she was sent home. Yeah, of course. So it was. I think it was half twelve the next day. She was out like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't too bad. How has COVID been for you? Like, I know the business is closing at the fucking ball, like, but, like, would you consider yourself to be more of an extra? You'd be more of an extroverted person, would you? Or would you? You'd be a funny one now. If if I was to, (laughs) if I was to try and pigeonhole as an extrovert or an introvert, usually now I just go, oh yeah, he's a fucking extrovert, or oh yeah, he's a fucking introvert. But you, I don't know, you've seemed to have a. I'm. I have to say, it doesn't. the, The whole thing. What what annoys me most. I, I genuinely don't mind I wouldn't call it a lock like lockdown it doesn't it doesn't I, I can't say it gets to me you know what I mean it doesn't really like I, there's not a whole pile of and this is a sad reflection of myself uh, of my life that's very different you know like um, yeah I'd love to go and see more of my friends and I'd love to go you know and, and that kind of stuff and be able to move around but um, what really gets to me is is genuinely the business. Yeah, is not knowing, you know, is is like one minute, you know, if we get to X amount of cases, we can open in in, in a week's time or whatever, and then it's like, oh, it's not there. It's going to be another four weeks, you know, or the leaky shit. I just hate that, you know. There's possibility now, lads. We could be in this for another nine weeks, and another lad comes out and goes, oh yeah, no, no, it's not going to be nine weeks. It's going to be uh, eight and a half, you know, and yeah, this, yeah, yeah. you know. Just give me, just give me a target. Just give me a time frame that I can plan to, from a business perspective, and I'm grand. From a home perspective, yeah, I suppose being able to get out. But I, I can't say again that it's been taxing on on my mind yeah. at home. Uh, in that, and when I'm going with this, I'd say I'm I'm quite a meh kind of guy. Like, yeah, you just you don't stress out typically over things. It doesn't bother me all that much but I am lucky in the sense that you know my parents are close you know um, well, I suppose my two brothers live in England so one's in England and one's up the north but I don't like them anyway <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, yeah, no no and that's you know uh, yeah and in that sense it's a bit tougher but um, yeah it doesn't it doesn't break me down t- thankfully I suppose in a sense in that way Um that I wake up in the morning going, oh, fucking, fucking day this, you know, and, 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 and I much appreciate that that's not the same for everybody, um, that it is a lot harder and, you know, that I am, again, I am lucky, I live in the country, I live, you know, we've space around our house, we're not limited for space, 
So maybe that's an element of it. But I think in general, like I said, I lived in Australia for a while and I would have happily stayed there. And I right, see you later, guys. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> you know, I'd ring people on the phone. It doesn't seem to. It doesn't seem to. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say I don't miss people. I do miss people, mm. but maybe not to the same extent other people do. I don't know. Yeah, because it's funny. Because if I, if you were to put a gun to my head, I would have said that you were a mix of an introvert and an extrovert. Were probably a leaning to introversion. Which so I is, like my own space, like or like my own. Company. Well, you're, you're 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 comfortable in your own company, and you're yeah. Like, but at the same point, I I genuinely like other people's co- like, you know, I I miss, for example, being able to go and train with the group. At a weekend. Yes. You know. The bit out, of crack. Like. Yeah, the bit of crack. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I miss genuinely not being able to go away. Uh, you know, first world problems. Uh, you know, and uh, we we go all the way booked for this weekend. You know, that's obviously not going to happen. You know, it's like, I miss that. I miss being able to get away because when you talk to Blind and Shun, you know, we try and get away once a year if we can. And they always speak about these things. They always go, oh, Galway, you know, we were swimming in Galway. The, the day we did this. The day, the day we, we did, did this. That. Yeah, uh, they yeah. don't remember, you know, they don't remember things you get them. They, they remember what you do with them. Yes. You know, and that thing, like you think about it, Tuna's too, like, oh, no, she's more, she's two and a half. Like, more than, like half of her life's pretty much been at home. In lockdown, yeah, yeah. You know, like ordinarily, we probably would have been away at Christmas, like we would have got away for a weekend somewhere, you know. And you know, you you feel they, they don't know any different, but I know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's they it's don't gas. know any different. Like she doesn't know any different that we would we would have went away over New Year's, you know, and and done some fun stuff. But Blind does. Blind Blind gets it. Like you know, she knows about the virus and the silliness and she's four like yeah. <laughs> you know she's clued into that and she would like you know she'd like oh you know when we couldn't go to Galway I was like we can't go to Galway she's like no oh, but I want you know I wanted to go swimming you know they remember that kind of stuff yeah you know it's, yeah it's, it's gas because I was only chatting to somebody recently um, an older lady and she'd be probably in her mid 70s I won't name her now because I'm after giving her age but yeah. uh, she was saying the way she said it was something along the lines of, you know, uh, from lockdowns and all that, whatever. I know they're they're needed, they're necessary. We have to do them, it's but taken away. These are these are fucking days I don't get back. Yes. And when she said that, I was, I was like, very Fuck. acutely aware of that. Hugely like. acutely aware of that. And that's very difficult. Like you know, um, you know, like Aoife's dad lives in, uh, and his wife live in in Dublin. You know, like, and, and they genuinely haven't seen them. You know, like they're cocooning, if you want to call it that, mm. and trying to really limit their contacts, stuff like that. So it's very hard to see them. And I'd be acutely aware of that, that, you know, their days are, you know, it's taken away, you know, when they should see their grandkids and when they should see us and, and everyone and that kind of stuff, you know. And that's that's difficult for, for people, like, for yeah. sure. And come here, can you race? I know you can't train no. in groups, but the races, they're all closed. It's all. Gone, yeah, yeah. And is that that'll open up if we go from level five to level four? No, no. I'd, I'd imagine any sort of maybe it depends. Again, the shorter races you could have like fucking five hundred to two thousand people in them. Oh, okay. so I'm talking about the sports stuff, like the ones that I would race in. Yes, there are longer ones like your ultras, like your 150s, 250 kilometer ones, and possibly the cycling ones that I can see possibly going ahead because 
they're not you're not in a group you're set out with the cycling ones in anyway you're set out on an individual basis like you're just go off away you go <laughs> with your crew car behind you so there's only three people for example you know so that's a pod and then nobody mixes together after that yes and the bigger races you might be able to space out a bit more as well so um, and there's less numbers where there's you could only be 100 people in the race yeah so as the extremism goes up the amount of people doing it fucking goes down yes, basically exactly so there's more of a chance to go with that but with the likes of the, the shorter stuff I can't see it. I really can't see it anytime soon. And is there a seasonal element to it? Yeah, it runs from February, January to November. Okay. Okay, so that's generally have one one race a month. Okay. Some months might not have one. You might have two in another month. But generally speaking, if if I race, there's a series in it. So if I raced all of them, you've got I think it's nine races. Right. And then there'd be other ones in between that you'd do anyway. And is there a leaderboard for these things, or what way does that even work? Yeah, so you're you play you get a score out of a hundred based on your positioning. So if you finish first, you get a hundred. Second is ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety six, ninety five, ninety four. Okay, all the way down. And so. then uh, is there like what I'm trying to wrap my head around here is presumably like with fighting, there's different people who create different shows. Yep. So the show I fought on was was Man of War, but my record stands. No matter what yeah. so organization there's, I there's fight like, with, there's Multisport Ireland. He uh, Paul Mann would have set it up um, the league essentially. So he says, or now it's a, well, I'm not sure, but I don't want to <laughs> say who or what it is. But um, say there's 15 races a year, 15 adventure races. They are kind of getting a bit bigger. He'll pick nine, you know, and say these nine races count towards the league table. So you might have one race, I might run another one, Quest will run, they have three or four, um, and then there's a lot of individual ones then as well, you know, uh, that would be ran, they could be in the series. So the the series isn't ran by the people who run the races, if that makes sense. Yes. It's a, it's a separate thing altogether. Yes, um, and presumably the people who, presumably there is, what's the, what's the word, there's um, not legitimate races, but there's... Kind of verified races yeah, or ra- so races that, that are yeah, that, that's legitimate, that, for want of a better term. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's not standardised, but uh, they're held to a standard. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there is, and that's one thing actually that they've they've started is actually now an adventure racing Ireland um, committee. I suppose. Okay, and they approve. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, approved, they approve the races. So sanctioned Paul races. Paul would have within Multisport Ireland. He when he started all of it, he would have said like you know this race was in it because it's of a good standard yes. you know what I mean you can't be in it if you run a shit race yes you, you have know. to have X amount of medical people yeah. there X amount of whatever it yeah, is yeah 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 and it's one thing it's one thing as more, the more I got into it, it that I would have liked to see is that it, there is standards to it yes you know and um, I suppose one thing that I feel from an adventure racing perspective is that makes it different is that it's a kayak and because if you're a really good duathlon do athlete, you can run like fuck and cycle like fuck, but you get into a kayak, you might kayak backwards. <laughs> so it, it differentiates, it adds an extra bit to the race, if you know what I mean. So it should be a significant portion of the race, if that makes sense. So in some races, it's like a, a cameo, you know, like it's a kilometre. But like if you're anyway a bad kayaker and you get a standard kayak, you'll get around it. You know what I mean? Yes. A kayak isn't long enough to differentiate between someone who's trained for a kayak and someone who hasn't. 
if that makes sense. Oh, no, it does. Of course it does. Absolutely, 100%. You know, like it's, like if you're a good duathlete, you'll run and bike, but you probably won't enter a triathlon. Yes. You can't swim. But the kayak in some races is just about long enough to allow you to get by. Yeah, yeah. And if you're quick enough, you'll be okay. Whereas I'd be a big advocate for make it fucking longer. You know? Yes. To, so to, that it becomes an element of the race. It's not just a cameo. Not an aside, yeah. Yes. And like the likes of Scar, Skibbereen, uh, in Cork, they would have a 2K kayak. And that really would separate somebody who can't kayak over somebody who can. Yes. You know what I you mean? You leave so, them for dead in a, in a way that yeah, you, so if you you're can't a really on a good, Yeah, distance. if you're a really good runner and cyclist, brilliant. But now become, you know, to compete, you have to be a good kayaker. You know? Yeah, yeah. And come here, on, on the kayak, and I've seen cunts kayaking on the boy, you know, and I've often been jealous, and I've, I've been saying it to myself for, it must be 10 plus years now, I must get a fucking kayak. Mm. And whatever about adventure racing, just so that I can go go into the boy in Kells mm. and be collected by yourself in the Jeep yeah, yeah. in fucking Drogheda yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and spend the day kayaking down the river kayaking down the river yeah, like yeah. nothing nothing extreme nothing you yeah. know I'm not powering up or down fucking rapids like I'd, if I if I got to a stretch of water whereby I wasn't comfortable kind of going through or over or down yeah. or whatever just get out and walk like, yeah, yeah and then go off yeah 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 and uh, am I missing something? Is it, it would it be as easy as me just buying a kayak, or are they dangerous fucking things, or what's the story? Well, like the the ones you use in races, like the, that's the thing. It's it's standardised. That's another thing. Is like I would be another advocate of you can get a double kayak. So okay. because and it's a completely like logistical thing. Like if you've the biggest race of a thousand people, like you know you can't really. Uh, you know, a thousand kayaks sitting on the on the ah, side of it. Ah, yes. Like you the, know, the, so the what, they, what they tend like. to do is give the top five or top ten a kayak, top five generally. And I, uh, I've said it, and I, I would prefer us to be fucking way past that. You know, at least top twenty. But again, it's logistical. Like, how do you decipher who comes in in a certain race in a certain position? You have to make it known. And this is one thing that Scar did, which I really liked before we got fucking shut down. Was if you didn't make it known that you were in that you believed yourself to be in a position, you know... To you warrant to, one of those individual kayaks. Yep. You didn't now, get one. The thing is, though, an individual kayak is slower than a double. So what I'm getting at is, if one, two, three, four, five gets individuals and it's very close together, now I'm talking, you could, 30 seconds of a gap, right? If five and six, six and seven get a double kayak, they could easily make that time up on five and four and come in third. Yes. You know? So... I'm an advocate for standardising it as much as possible and giving as many people as possible a single kayak. You know, so because because then it's a race, like oh yeah, what you, you're not, yeah. You, you know, and I I've been on the receiving end and I've been on the benefiting end of both. But you don't want to be either. No, because you don't want like you don't. But want again, your... you're not. But at the same time, you're not going to like. You know, I I was in a double kayak and I was you know I was. I, I, I think it was in six and myself and another fella passed out the two lads who were in fifth and fourth so then I ended up and possibly I, I ended up very close to podium or possibly getting a podium because I got a double kayak yes you know and the only reason was because I got a double kayak you yeah, know yeah, but you, again, and I've been on the receiving end of it as well where I've gotten single kayaks I mean absolutely fucking smashed because the two lads behind me were given a double and they shouldn't have been. Yeah. So, you know, I can't complain either side. But now that it's happened 50-50, I will complain. <laughs> <laughs> Once I've got both sides of it. And I did, I raised it. I, I You know, not to be a fucking bollocks about it, but, you know, just to make the sport, I think, better. You know, oh, yeah, it, oh, no, absolutely. It, it no, it makes like sense. That. 
But um, the, to me, it to me, you're getting fucked over on both sides because. If you're if you're being overtaken by someone and you're lower down the rankings than somebody else, and that's in part at least due to this kayaking business, like that's no fucking crack. But at the same time, like I'd hate to be on this podium, having burst me bollocks and train and all the rest of it, for there to be a niggle in the back of me mind going, oh, you only podiumed because you got yeah, lucky with you your got kayak. The kayak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, so it's yeah. kind of shit on both sides. Like. Yeah. Yeah, but then you just stop then if you really felt that bad. Well, yeah, I'm not stopping now. Come See? on. <laughs> so it's not that big of a niggle. I'll fucking take it. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big of a niggle. But, you know, yeah. But just to standardise it, I think. And that there, is, there is now an Adventure Racing Ireland um, a committee, I suppose, if you want to call it that, that hopefully will. Now, the Adventure Racing is not just those races. There's like loads of different types. Like so. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, lo- I, love the, I love the fact that it's, um, in keeping with the mantra of what I do, it's, it's an off-the-lead industry, really. Like, yeah. You know, it's just lads kind of, doing whatever they concoct in their heads not to play it down by any stretch no, of the no, but, it, it, but that's where the courses come from mm. they do like, and, and they, they fit the bill by being a certain distance not by a specific amount of running biking and kayaking per event yes and that's and that's what makes it different like I would do well in certain events and do shit in other events Okay, and what's the difference there? Like, what's the running ones kill me? <laughs> you're, not, you're not a runner, or no? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to compete with the lads who, who run fast. But if it's a bike heavy one, I, I tend to be able to hold my own in them. Right. Um, which is ironic. I wouldn't be a great biker either, but yeah, it just uh, that's what makes them di- interesting and different. You know, um, because you know you can have. People, some people are just fucking brilliant. Them all, like you know, they're just good runners and then good cyclists. The whole lot. And you're just Pricks, to, huh? Pricks. Fuckers who train consistently. What are they doing? <laughs> I don't want to train consistently. Get eight cans into you for yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah. But that's the cool thing about adventure racing is like uh, the lads would be having pints before them as well. Like yeah, you yeah. know, like some lads. Yeah, we have a couple of pints. We go out and race, and, and that's what I really like about it. I like that element of it. Yeah, no, I wasn't exposed to triathlons too much. I was exposed enough to it. To not really go back, yeah. And there's an element of you said there being no crack. Like. True, I, I, and I don't want to generalise because there is a lot of sound people out there who compete in triathlons. Of course, and psych, and who psych, yeah, yeah, and with everything, yeah, yeah. But I just feel like, and I hope, like I said, I hope it doesn't change. Yeah, I hope that you know, in five years' time, that there still be, you know, a challenger sport and an expert route, and that if you're wearing GA sport shorts and, and I want to be on a mountain bike compete in the you know you can do the expert one if you want you yes know? the only thing is uh, I suppose the downside of there is when, if you're on a mountain bike time becomes an issue <laughs> you know and that's where the the organisers it's a bit unfair you know that you could be a 40k cycle on a mountain bike it's going to take an awful lot longer than a 40k on a, a normal road bike yeah of course you know so time becomes an issue there it might not mean you're fit enough but you know, there has to be cut-offs at some point. Yeah. Uh, sponsorship, is that in it yet? Is that to come in it? Will that... Um, in what sense? Well, I know, again, with the very limited exposure I've had to uh, triathlons, in Ireland, at least, there didn't seem to be too much sponsorship. There would be, like, that oh, amphibious yeah, yeah. Like, crowd. To be fair, like, shout out to the lads in Spawn, like, uh, do you know, um, yeah, Graham sponsored me runners and stuff like that for a season as well. Um, and then there are there are athletes there that would get, um, they would get gear. Yeah, gear would be the would be the main thing. 
But would you see, like, again, I've never been to one of these adventure races, so I'm trying to conceptualise it in my head. Like, would you ever see a huge, big Vodafone? Like, is there a Vodafone adventure race? No, but Quest would be be in that that category. Okay. Uh, And would they have corporate sponsors? Yes, Volvo would be their main sponsor. Okay, because they they would bring in, they've, you know, they've marketed it, I suppose, but they run very good races now as well, you know, so you can't really take that away. Um... But yeah, they have. They've got that in. Like they've, they've their main sponsor is Volvo. They'd have Volvo cars there. They might have, you know, different elements around the place. Different, yeah, different things. Vodafone, I think they are actually partnered with Vodafone as well. <laughs> right, know. right. And yeah. um, is there prize money? Yeah. And what kind of prize money is there? Like typically, say so? you get, uh, you, like it's not bad. Like you get a hundred euro, or you get vouchers of a hundred, hundred and fifty euro. Like, yeah, so the know. main goal is obviously to do it just for a bit of crack, but yeah. I mean, if you're looking to take it seriously, there is, yeah. I don't know, a little fucking sweet spot at the end of it, and oh, obviously yeah. you're meddling all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, I, saw, I, I love that, actually, it was the first thing I saw when I walked in the, the door of your place. Presumably mm. there are all your medals yeah. and trophies and that on the left. Yeah. I, there's something I like about that. I remember in Kokoro, in my old club where I trained in the MMA, our coach had, uh, there was a, a couple of belts and a couple of medals mm. on the wall, and it's just nice. To, there's something about that that you... You're you're kind of you're you're not just training with somebody who's read the book on how to train. Do you, do you yeah, know that kind of yeah, way? Yeah, like there's, they, there's something they've done it or they've been it. And now that's their their medals from back in 2014. I think it was my first race. Right. I think I did two, and then we won that year. 2015. Then I think I did two, and then I think 2016 I made a bet with a friend of mine, <laughs> and I was like a bet I'll finish in the top ten. In randomly, I just said it. Yeah. Uh, based on two previous was like you know, based on finishings from the other ones, I was like, ah, I'd, I'd say I'll probably finish in the top ten. Then I raced every single race in the series, and I've tried not to miss one ever since. Oh, okay, until fucking COVID, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's only a couple of us now. It takes a lot of commitment, to be fair. Um, but I, I don't know. But some people might not ra- enter a race if it doesn't suit them. You know that kind of way. Yes. Whereas I just enter it anyway and suffer like fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a sadomas- there's a sadomasochistic yeah. element to it like yeah, yeah, there is yeah. a training generally I think is there uh, I know there doesn't have to be and there shouldn't be and I'm t- personally I'm trying to move away from training sessions no but you have se. to but to achieve you have there has to be a bit of hardship oh yeah but I think the biggest mistake people make is that they think that every training session has to be hardship yeah go hard that or go home that is such a lie Especially in endurance sports. It's like the biggest mistake you can make. You'll achieve for a period of time, but you'll definitely fall off, write yourself off yeah. very, very quickly. So many people do 90% of their training at a ridiculous... Like we're talking about going 10K flat out all the time. Yes. You know, that, and you multiply that by every single session. It just doesn't work. You'll never... You'll get to, you'll get to a point and you'll never get any faster. You'll just... You'll plateau. That's yeah, what that yeah, is, exactly. isn't it? Like? Yeah, 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 yeah. But so much people think that going fast for longer is better than, like I'm saying, you go, you know, specifically work on something, whether that's your strength, whether that's muscular endurance, whether it's anaerobic endurance or, you know, power, whatever your race needs, you focus on these at, at different points in your training plan. But most people don't. They'll just go, I need to run 5K or I need to run for half an hour. I'm going to run it hard. or I'm going to run it at a point, you know, and then the next day, for example, if you were to do a strength focused or an interval session and they ran hard the day before when they ran slow, they're not going to be able to run at the same intensity for an interval session 
as they should. So they're going to miss out on that strength element or that endurance element. Yes. So, but that's what tends to happen. People just tend to train. You know, they and the other thing that do they do, especially when it comes to ultra stuff, is they think that more is better. Yes. And then it's like death to infidels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the body just breaks down. But but it's mad though because like I would have had a background in playing loads of different sports, doing the MMA and all the rest mm. of it, and then I get into running, and I get into. 5k was my distance at the time and I was running 5k every day as fast as I could yeah, yeah. And you, with you, the view of you know getting get a really faster. good fast time yeah, yeah. and I remember Dave Webster said to me he said um, people usually he, he goes you're looking to, to, to make a personal best mm. and I was like yeah 100% I want to get faster I was like right well, what he said was most people get their personal best on a race day yeah. and I was like okay and I go so let's say you have a race day coming up this day four weeks and I'm like right are you going to run 5K as fast as you can every day so that in, in 28 days' time you're going to somehow run, run really fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that would be retarded. And he was like, what you know. <laughs> but it's the logic. The logic, and the logic is, is that harder must mean better. Yes. Or if I run as hard as I can physiologically, I must be getting better. Yes. Yeah, I'm not burning myself out at all. <laughs> no, at all. Or the other, like, say for example... You run 5K in five-minute kilometers, and that's your flat-out. You might get 4.55. Yes. But if you just step back and worked on a few specifics, for example, you know, you worked on, you know, your your strength or your aerobic endurance or anaerobic endurance or muscular endurance, and you broke them down and you said, well, a simple session, I'm going to run two minutes as hard as I can, not as hard as I can, I'm going to run two minutes at four-and-a-half-minute kilometers which is well above, you know, well below, sorry, your your five-minute marker. Yes. But then you're going to take three minutes recovery, and you're going to do that five times. That's going to develop you a lot more than trying to run five-minute kilometers all the way across the board. Yes. So you're running faster than you want to, you want to finish at. Yes, over much shorter distances yeah. than you want to run. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you've a, you've a so goal. So it's developing you physiologically. It's developing your efficiency through running. It's developing blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff, you know. And it'll help you get faster. But most people's view is, if I just run this really, 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 really fast all the time, I'll definitely have to get faster. And the people that come into you is th- is this something that you have to break down for them yeah. or absolutely okay? Yeah. And what's what's common amongst people that come to you? What's the consistency is number one. Okay. So. Not having consistency. So a lot of people, to be fair, don't know how to lay out a plan, uh, which is perfectly fine. That's grand because, like, how can we all, you know, have studied all this stuff or come across? The other side is people pick generic plans that don't suit them. Like we spoke about this. There will be an element of people, a cohort of people that a, a plan will suit, but it won't suit everybody. And generally speaking, coming back to it, if someone's training from an ultra, they always go more is better. So they see a generic plan that includes 20 hours of training a week. 20 hours of a part-time job. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a great way of putting it, actually. Though. You know, so you've got a 40-hour week and you want to work a part-time job on top of that. So you get a massive point of diminishing returns. So they get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to train, which means they get five hours sleep instead of seven. Yeah. You know, so the recovery is gone and they compound this on top and on top and on top and on top. And then you just get to a point of diminishing returns where you're going to be just too tired, you're not going to recover, your sessions, you're not going to be able to put the same effort level into, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you cut that plan down to 10 hours, you know, they would achieve an awful lot more. 
Of course, yeah. Because they can fit it into the time scale. They're getting the correct recovery. They're working specifically on elements you want them to work on. And they get it done in a time frame that, that's workable. And of course, like if they find that, okay, well, 10 hours, right, we can actually fit in a little bit more. Well, then grand, like 10 is a big number. Like you don't have to train for 10 hours, but I'm just using it as an example. And you find that, you find that balance. That's where most people make the mistake. It's, it's inconsistency. So random and generally speaking, training too hard leads to inconsistency because try like like how long did you last run a five k every day for fucking as hard as you could? Oh, a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then you went fuck this, or I'm absolutely bollocks. Or you woke up in the morning going, right, I have to run five k today. Yeah. Whereas if I said to you like, for the next three weeks, run out five k, but run it slow. You know what I mean? Like in four weeks' time, you. Like barring, you just don't want to do it anymore because you got bored. You know, because you'd no focus. You mm. would still be able to run five k very, very slowly. Not very slowly, but you know. Oh no! If relatively you, speaking, you can, you can jog five k for the rest of your every day for the rest of your life, but yeah. you can't sprint it. If you've a gen- yeah, exactly. If you've a general fitness level, and that's where most people will make that mistake: is that too much volume, so way too much work, too much intensity, or consistency. Yeah, and then not, maybe not monitoring what it is they're doing, so not knowing anything about the co- recovery that yeah, they need yeah, and everything yeah. else. But like that's fucking why personal trainers exist. Yeah, yeah. But I think personal trainers, now again, I can, maybe, I can only speak for myself, but personal trainers, like when I was a teenager, I viewed a personal trainer as somebody who would help you get a six-pack. Yeah. That's how I kind of conceptualise personal trainers. Is that what they used to be and it's changed or did I have it wrong I from the get-go? I suppose i separate. I don't know why I'd separate but I'd call myself more of a coach than a personal trainer for that okay. element of it. Um, yeah, before that, I think personal training, in my mind, even in the gym, I wouldn't call it. I would call it coaching as opposed to personal training. Okay, and that's obviously... A, what's the important distinction there? Um, again, what you said, like I think personal training nearly has a rep to it of like this... I don't know if it's arrogant. I, that's not fair because I, 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 I would have classed myself as a personal trainer for years. But well, if somebody asked me what you did now, I'd say, say you were a personal trainer. trainer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, they're not being able to get my message out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to work on your mission statement, yeah, brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I would say it's more coaching. So it's more leading people. Certainly with online work, it's 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 coaching because you're showing people the direction to go and showing them exactly what to do. Yes, in the gym you would class it as personal training. You know, if I'm working one on one, yeah, you'd say that's that's personal training. Yeah, it's weird because the, the distinct- but I would still call it. I would I would probably call it coaching. D- I prefer it as a word. I prefer it as a a um, yeah. I, I just prefer it as a a term, maybe. Yeah, well, the, the distinction that I'd make between a personal trainer and now again, this is just in my, in my own dome. But when I think of a personal trainer, I think of somebody standing beside me. And obviously not lifting the weight for me or doing the exercise mm. and or, and helping me, but on some level kind of helping me. Yeah. But when I think of a coach, they're more of a guide. You do all the fucking work. Like I never felt, do? like when I was in Cokerow, my coach, he, I, I never felt like he helped me really do anything. That's not true you either see, when, think, I, when I flesh you it retrospectively out. think about that though. Oh no, he was screaming in my face. No, no, but like, <laughs> he so obviously he did, did help, help you. He led you, he showed you where to go like. Yes, oh no, very much so, very much so. Yeah, there is, there, is, yeah, for sure. With with plans that I give to people, that's that would definitely be regarded as coaching, I think. Um, but if I'm working with people in the gym, yeah, you could probably class it as being personal training as well. And when I think of coaching now as well, so a personal trainer to me is somebody who puts me through my paces, exercise wise. But a coach is somebody that I can now again, this is only in my own head, but a coach I would conceptualize as somebody who will help me with my training 
but we'll let me know a little bit about nutrition and a bit about recovery and the importance of sleep and the importance of mm. diet and nutrition and, and all that crack. Is that a big part of what you do or yeah, not so much? All, it would be all linked, yeah. Okay. You would do that. But again, like you could call it a personal trainer as well. Like They do the same. A good personal trainer would do the yes. same thing. You know, they'll guide you through. They'll show you the way. They'll, you know identify a weakness you know identify something you shouldn't be doing for now you know like we spoke about earlier you know whereas you can get a personal trainer who's you know qualified unfortunately in six weeks and hasn't really put the time into learning about anything other than what a book says you know and that you know well 20 squats in a row and da 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 da, da means that you're definitely going to get gains in your legs man <laughs> you know <laughs> you know whereas like uh, dude you don't have the hip mobility to do that you know uh, maybe you should step back and do this and we'll work on your hip mobility if you really want to squat yeah by all means we'll work on your squat but not for now yes you know and that that comes with time maybe I'm being a bit arrogant about that saying I know, know I, th- I don't think it's arrogant to say that you need time to become good at what you do do you know what I mean yeah there are very good people out there but I think you know and I suppose I jumped into it um, but I think I did spend and I like openly made mistakes God, like for sure I was that person who, you know, probably didn't look at the bigger picture, you know, and then went, no, no, you, you can never, no, no, it's grand, you know, maybe not to that extent, but I've learned a lot, but um, it's very unregulated, I think, and as, like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of people just popping up everywhere who are now personal trainers who yes. will get you from A to B, you know what I mean, with no real thought about the person themselves. Yeah, but there will be, again, come back to it, there's a cohort of people that will fit into that group. You know, the general person, like, who can, who, who, you know, who can move well and, and that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but then there is the cohort that you might, you know, that don't and need a bit of, you know, if you really want to look at, like everybody's going to have some sort of imbalance somewhere and it's not going to be debilitating. But you'd like to try and work on it maybe. <laughs> or at least know it you know, exists. Yeah, yeah, but like you've got a cohort of people who just keep on doing a, a certain amount of exercise because they were told to and they might not be able to move in that direction. Yeah, yeah. And then injury will happen. Like look, injury fucking happens anyway. But if you can negate, uh, if you can take away a lot of that risk, why wouldn't you? Oh, well, I'd imagine you'd be able to spot somebody's like that. Again, just off the top of my head, but if somebody comes into you and they've got tight quads and they don't know they've tight quads, you'll notice yeah, through their range know, of motion. I would, I, I'd have, I hope, a pretty good eye for how people move. Yes. You know, and, and identifying how to fix it. Yes, you know, or how to help it, not fix it, because you don't need to fix everything. You know, like your body's not perfect; it, sh- it doesn't. You know, we're not looking for this perfect. Like I said, if you wanted to be an Olympic lifter, you would you would really need to be able to get into an astrograph squat. If you want to be a good GAA rugby player, you don't need to be able to do that. You know, yeah, you want to generate not. power through a squat. You just need to go to ninety, or even you know, you don't need to do it. Like, but there can be, and I probably would have been that person, maybe, you know, that that idealistic squat. You know, that you have to be able to get down to that position because that's the way it is. You don't. You know, you look at the circumstance of the person and you work at what they want to achieve. Is yeah. it better moving for them? Is it better moving for them? Yeah, no, absolutely, man, absolutely. Listen, man, I'm going to let you go. Yep. I know you've got shit to do. What is your go-to social medias for people who might want to... Who, anybody who's listened this long is or could at least possibly be interested in checking you yep. out and what you do so what are the social media Instagram tags Instagram is or? Bernard Smith 1 and then Facebook is Ultimate Conditioning 
ultimate conditioning gone on Instagram, is it? Uh, well, it never was. It was always just me. <laughs> okay, but do you not have an ultimate conditioning Instagram? No. Get on that shit, Mr. Yeah, fucking see, Smith. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. See, that's a whole new, a whole other conversation. <laughs> 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 whole other conversation yeah Bernard Smith won on Instagram and Ultimate Conditioning on Facebook Savage listen man yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure absolutely really enjoyed it we should do it again 100% will yeah. do yeah. cheers Sound. brother cheers